the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Steve Bakken and Marlo Anderson on the Tech Ranch, and Marlo will be joining us here in just a little bit, but I uh, wanted to talk to Jordan. He is our uh, uh, kind of the IT expert when it comes to apps and, and things about social media, and one of the things taking place in social media at the moment was uh, there's some rumblings, some rumors, all part of the bigger picture of X, and Jordan, is it going behind a paywall? Uh, it's unclear right now. Um, so Elon Musk, he had a conversation with the Israeli prime minister and off the cuff mentioned that it may be going behind a paywall. Again, uh, there's no, this is all speculation as of right now. Um, but since Twitter blue or X blue, I should say, uh, you pay for verification on there. I don't suspect that it's out of the ordinary or too far off um, from something that he would do. So does that kind of... Is that the business model for those social media platforms, those communication platforms? It's uh, because I've heard some talk about that for a while. You know, you're going to pay to follow the end because individuals sure. and, and the I, I still have a hard time calling them influencers as a job, uh, but uh, a way for influencers to monetize their presence on social media and the platform would get a cut. The individual would get a cut because if you're the bigger than a life, Taylor Swift, if, if you're Taylor Swift and people want to follow Taylor Swift, is that the future you're going to have to pay to follow Taylor Swift? That's a good question. Um, so there are things already in place like Patreon or um, Substack, so like subscriber-based things, right? Right. You can get exclusive content from these people. Um, so say you are an influencer of some kind, you can already get people to uh, be behind a paywall with offering extra services. Like if you have a podcast, you can do a video podcast, and that's exclusive. But at this point, it's been extra. It's been the extra stuff. Now we're talking about filtering down to where, okay, your thoughts on a game if you're following an athlete right um you know that content are you going to have to pay for it because you know it's, i okay i'm a big sports guy so i follow a couple of the espn and fox sports sure. and and I, there's some commentators i like to know what their thoughts are during a game because that's the big thing a lot of people will will chime in or or um you know either former athletes in their sport or uh commentators uh, they'll follow a game and, and you get to see what they're thinking during a game it's like okay well what they think about that play things like that uh we're not far away from most sporting events kind of tipping into that pay-per-view area sure. so it makes sense the social media that is surrounding or encompassing that that could go there too because a great example is thursday night football is now on a pay platform right yeah. um you know i made the contention way back in the day when espn took over i believe it was sunday night football or monday night football whatever it was and they'd move the games there well what if you don't have cable right and, and back then 
if you didn't have cable, you were screwed. You you didn't have another asset to be sure. or a, an avenue to go into uh, pulling that game and and you know either paying for it or you know almost like a, a pay per view event. Right. Um. So the social media could be going that way. We see the games getting onto that platform because if you are not paying for a streaming service. And that game, whatever sport it may be, we're happy to be talking about football because they've gone to that direction on Thursday Night Football. Absolutely. Um, are you going to watch it? Are, are you going to? Now you got to go to a streaming service, right? Um, and you know that's kind of the beauty of going to bars, right? They all have all those uh, <laughs> hundreds of TVs well, now. From a so from a sports bar perspective, yeah. Because uh, I've been to big sports bars where uh, they'll pay for the different streaming services because right. you know if, if there's soccer matches going on and they're on one platform or uh Australian roost football rugby that right. might be on a different platform uh, big sports bars carry everything uh, I've actually seen them where they'll have a screen following a game with the Twitter feed or now the X feed that is following that event that in live time so not only at that sports bar do you get to see the game and watch the game but you're also watching the content adjacent to that game surrounding sure. that game by athletes and, and commentators um it's a little different experience it's a little more immersed right um you'll see some of this with uh with fantasy leagues as well right so there's more content at that sports bar but now you're looking at from a business model um say a sports bar that is going to be all-encompassing with sports and carrying all these different sports well now they're going to have to put out expenditures for a satellite and for cable and for streaming services. That gets complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and places like, say, Buffalo Wild Wings, for example, they have, you know, such a global reach at this point that they, you know, have exclusive cable deals and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it, but that's a big business. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm talking, what about your local little sports bar? Uh, sure. You know, think of like a cheers type so you're boston red sox fan uh, and the little corner bar or i i'm a twins and cubs fan so uh the little sports bar across the street from wrigley field um those aren't those big entities that cut those big deals yeah it's interesting but i i think that you know specifically football going behind a paywall right it's going to drive people to those bars because they're like i want to watch this game where can i watch this game oh xyz bar down the street has it so they're gonna get business so that i think that's the idea behind that specifically is that they're going to get their, you know, their money in the end. Um, but going back a little bit to Elon Musk and and X, um, there is a in, in China, there is a specific social media app that is all encompassing. It's called WeChat. Um, right. And specifically, that's the business model that he was going after. Right. So WeChat is not only messaging and banking, but it's also the social media. It's uh, it's everything. It's all encompassing social media. Um, so to put that behind a paywall and then start to add all those other features is kind of counterproductive, if you ask me. So if you want it to be on par with something like PayPal, right, which is something that he uh, originally was part of um, that was called X.com, as a matter of fact, in the 90s. And he uh, he sold his shares in that and and the rest is history. But I just like saying WeChat. WeChat. It's very fun. <laughs> It's fun to say we. It is. It really is. Um, but all this to say, don't you think it's a little counterproductive to uh, put that behind a paywall if that's what your intention is, is to compete with Venmo and Facebook and 
you know, everything else. Well, you know, and with we've talked about the X in the past, uh, both you and I and, and Marlo and I, and what that looks like. And yes, all encompassing the the encompassing the financial side of it, and the pay windows, and the pay walls, and I mean everything. Whether it's banking, whether it's social media, whether I mean everything from a consumer perspective and a life perspective. That's kind of the end game of where. Elon wants to take right. X, right, and, and that's why it's X is because it's uh, everything, right. And I wonder if it's some sort of, I don't know. Do you think it's some sort of like fundraising thing in a way to get users that are really serious about the app to get exclusive features to like when those start rolling out, right? Do you? I wonder if that's part of the plan if they're going to get influencers in on it that are specific to that platform and specific well obviously um fairly recently i don't know if you heard tucker carlson has an exclusive show that is just streamed on x currently right um so i think that's very interesting and so it's almost like having channels right pick it, your entertainment pick your channel exactly within that platform yeah totally and so i i think it's interesting and i think it's it's a bold move but that's kind of what made him as popular and as famous and as wealthy as he is today is bold moves. So I can't see the future, uh, but I see this going one of two ways, which is either uh, it's not going to work and he's going to have to completely backpedal and pivot, or it's going to work really, really well. And he is going to be holding the future of social media in his hands and we just can't see it yet. So the next iteration in, do you see Elon rolling out different phases? So first of all, got rid of Twitter, although everybody still calls it Twitter and tweets. And right. um, it, it, it's almost like oh, it's a marketing thing. Uh, it, hard to change once people get that ingrained in something. Right. Um, but the next iteration. So you change the name to X. Is it the paywall next? Is it? Because you have to add some value. You have to have right. added value to be able to charge for something. Right. Where do you see that going? Is it is it going to the different channels? Is it exclusive content? Is, what does that look like in your estimation? Because you're going to have to dangle a carrot out there for consumers to go, I'm going to spend my hard-earned money on this. Right. Um, so it wasn't the verification, which I th I think was the plan is that people were going to want to be verified on Twitter so that $8 a month was really going to go towards something, whether it's the data banks or whether it's uh, future development of the app. I don't know. But I don't think that was as popular as he anticipated it would be um, paying for the verification. So I'm thinking this is the next move. So, yeah, exclusive content, exclusive channels, perhaps like I said, rolling out of new features, the, the paying subscribers, you know, get those first. So I wonder if it's going to be tiered or if it's going to be something where it's exclusively paid for. Um, and if that's the case, I wonder how many people are going to join or, or how many people are going to leave. It's a it's a again, it's a bold move on Elon's part. OK, so now we've got a potentially a paywall for X. What are you thinking as far as types of content that may be going into that? Is it exclusive celebrities, artists, things like that, sports, sporting events, maybe? That would be a that would be a really, really interesting a move. bold move. Yeah. But absolutely. It's Elon. Yeah. And Mr. Musk is bold. Absolutely. If nothing else, he's very, very bold. So from a content perspective, the platform do you, does the platform have to change it all or are the pieces there to support 
a bold move like that if that's the next step the next iteration you know i think so um I'm pretty sure that the the fact that Twitter was so established for so long has the pieces there. It's about moving them into place to make it a place where you can have exclusivity like that. So a lot of it is rumor and conjecture right now, an offhanded comment, but could Twitter or X be going behind a paywall? It's some rather interesting stuff, and what's the next step? I mean, Elon's kind of like working on the chessboard, and what's his next move? The Tech Ranch. Nerds get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I'm Steve Baca, and this is Tech Ranch. Uh, Marlo Anderson will be joining us in just a little bit, but we're talking with Jordan Ax- uh, Alexander uh, concerning uh, X maybe going behind a paywall. Um, what would that look like, Jordan? If you're going to put a social media platform behind the paywall, would would there be different tiers? Uh, because if you're talking about paying, you're going to have to add something, that carrot, that extra content. Uh, would would there be different tiers of content? Uh, if you want to watch a sporting event, that would be one level. Uh, if you just want to follow your favorite athlete or your favorite celebrity, singer, actor, actress, that would be a different level. Uh, what do you think that would look like? Would it would it be different pay levels? Yeah, I think so. Um, so currently, the uh, the premium X, the verification, is eight dollars in U.S. money. Um, it actually is different from country to country. For example, it's six fifty in most European countries. Um, what do you get for that? You just get just the, check, the verification, just the check mark uh, as of right now. So you show up on other people's timeline more than someone else would. That's not verified. I'm real. Exactly. Pay attention to what I have to say. Um, so I think that's interesting. Um, and what I think is, uh, so he said that they're going to be rolling out something cheaper, so a lower cost than that $8 a month, right? Well, initially there was some pushback on that, $8 for But then you have to talk about the verification of the verification. It's like, oh, so say a bad actor could pay $8 and now officially verified what's the vetting process for that um so it used to be you would buy a blue check mark which makes you actually verified uh or a white check mark you know and that's how you indicated that uh you were someone who were, was a paying subscriber so if you were officially verified on twitter you'd get the blue check mark right so like a celebrity an athlete something like that but if you paid for it you get that white check mark so it it, it indicates that you are a premium user so is there a a vetting process with that is it, how do they verify that okay you were who you say you are um that's a great question I, I know for a fact that elon is all about free speech and has gotten rid of a lot of the moderation settings in right. twitter specifically for that exact reason he would have opened up a lot exactly he he believes that if you have something to say on the internet you should have a platform to do so um so something that is similar is truth social but it's on a smaller scale and a lot more centric politically centric i guess well, and a lot of that started with why elon bought twitter now x in the first place right. was wait a minute these algorithms they're they're skewing free speech that right. that was his impetus of i gotta go fix this exactly um and you know whether he's done that not done that that's up for debate you know uh he took it over and he started making changes very quickly without uh fixing the issues already within Twitter X, um, but I know he's trying to go back and do that now, which I believe is the, uh, you know, the, that $8 is going to be going to that. 
Um, so for uh, different tiers, different pay tiers, I think it's going to be a thing. So uh, when Twitter rebranded X, some advertisers pulled out specifically for the reason of like political interest or things like that, right? Um, so I think that's going to help that gap a little bit. So instead of getting ads on your feed now, the $2 is ad-free and the $4 is uh, you get higher up in the algorithm and the $8 is now, you know, you can watch a, a CBS original series or something like that, right? So exactly what you're saying where uh, there are going to be different perks to the different levels. Again, this is all speculation. He hasn't officially made an announcement via X. He just had a conversation um, with the Israeli prime minister, um, and the BBC took that and ran with it. It's kind of just an off-the-cuff remark that sure. they were just having a conversation, and uh, it, you know, did he divulge something that, you know, maybe a little Freudian slip, or, because um, again, He's a big free speech guy, so yeah. he just kind of lets things fly unfiltered sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we all do. Um, but no. He, uh, <laughs> no. he has public scrutiny, which goes against him a lot, uh, unfortunately, because, you know, if you're that popular, if you are the guy, uh, you know, you get under fire a lot for things like that. Um, I can't think of anybody else like that. No sort of politicians or anything. Pretty sure he's the only guy. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I think it's an interesting move. I really do. Um, but he's the kind of guy that uh, would put a flamethrower in his personal store for purchase and say, hey, do not buy this product. It is a flamethrower and uh, sell it. You know, I think his, his company was called Awesome Something or Other. And he did that. And he spoke about it on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, and that was like the first conversation they had. Um, so he's the kind of guy that even if it wasn't official, he'll make it official to be not not necessarily spiteful, but just to prove that he can do it. <laughs> okay, now, uh, the other question of this, so if X, formerly Twitter, goes behind a paywall yeah. and, and starts providing different levels of content, right. um, because there's, you know, I, I you mentioned Tucker, Tucker Carlson uh, as one. I know he's also on some other platforms. Sure. Uh, Telegram and, yes. and a few. Um so what's the what's the move for these other social media platforms? Is it going to be a bidding war for content? Are they going to start because everything's reactionary, right? So are they going to go? Oh, we can monetize this, this, and this, and then you wind up paying for content. So again, I'm not a fan of the term influencer. Sure. I, I still don't believe that's a thing that goes on a, a job resume. Um, but now you're making them more relevant. So, you know, I could see that that avenue opening up for quote unquote influencers sure. to be more lucrative. And maybe it really does become uh, a job. Sure. Well, I think like any personality now is called an influencer. So Tucker Carlson, for example, is an influencer in in any way that anybody can influence anybody. You know, he just spreads information, whether it's, you know, about his own personal opinion or actually news like that's just what it is. Right. So he influences whether and I just think it's an interesting term to slap on things like content. Everything is content now instead of art or, you know, anything like that. So um, any person of influence it kind of has that responsibility now including elon musk himself um but i think it would be interesting to see like a merger for example you know telegram 
and X and, you know, PayPal and X just so he can get that WeChat dream a little bit more easily. Well, and that's, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you can buy the wheel. Exactly. You know, that, that, so that's how companies grow. I mean, right. Google did that. Microsoft did that. Yep. Uh, uh, all these companies, that, that's how you grow a company. Uh, the R&D, the research, the beta testing, that's expensive right. and it takes time. But if somebody's already got that piece, and we've seen this with Facebook right. that has gone out and acquired different platforms because, yes. oh, they got something that uh, I would like to have and I don't want to pay to develop it or take the time to develop it. Right. I'll just acquire it. Right. So is that where you see social media? Because right now, I mean, Way more social media platforms than you can even imagine. Right. Um, so where does I, it go? I think so. And especially with having exclusive content to the platform. So something like Telegram can uh, introduce those video features a lot more easily. And especially since there's already paywall built into that where you can specifically subscribe. I think that would be his best move instead of trying to develop out at this point. So as far as the other platforms, uh, what position are they going to be in? Because every, like I said, everything's reactionary uh, in the marketplace. So do you see uh, the YouTube channel going a different direction or Facebook or Messenger or Twitter or not Twitter, but uh, um, Snapchat, Instagram uh, going down that road as well? You know, it's hard to say, but uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, it's going to be interesting and see what happens in the future, but uh, that we chat, it's just fun to say we, um, <laughs> but where X is going to go, that's kind of the model. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12-7. Ranch, as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve, for more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. Well, here I am. Yes, you are. Did you, did you just do a radio voice? I did. You did. I've been accused of that once or twice lately. It's Marlo Anderson. I have radio voice. Well, the you when we were recording. Celebrate every day. The National Day Radio segments, you know. Which, thank you, by the way, for covering for me. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I hope you had welcome. a good time. I had a blast. Yeah. Um, They're fun to do. Yeah. You'll have to ask LaToya to try to do her pirate voice. Because one of the days was uh, that I covered uh, for you was Talk Like a Pirate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our, I actually did listen to that. Yeah, yeah. You did. Well, we had we had to flip. You're a good uh, pirate talker. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had Squash to buckler. Yeah, we we had to flip the which one we were talking about because she's uh, she's not. <laughs> she, she, have her do it. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, it's funny. Not gonna. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, I you know what you know what works for me. I was channeling my inner Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, remember the. Puffy shirt, yes. episode, yeah, yeah, that that that's, that's a pirate shirt. So, well, the only reason I was even bringing yeah. this up is that when we were back recording those, uh, you know, we always sign off, right? I'm Latoya Johnson, I'm Marlo Anderson, and it, for the first couple of them, like on the third time, she's like, "Why are you dropping your voice when you say your name?" And it's like, "I'm Marlo Anderson." <laughs> <laughs> That's Marlo's radio voice. That's right. Lady that's right. I don't have much of a radio voice, but I do have that. So she was like, you're, you're like, you're like turning into Barry White over there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to be a, some late night DJs. Not that some mood. Yeah. Yeah. Venus flytrap. Oh yeah. Yeah. You might want to be, be a boy, yeah. character. You need a gong and candles. Yeah. That'd be money. That'd be hilarious. Anyway. So tech stuff, tech stuff. And, and you and Jordan were talking about, about social media. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And, and 
Yeah, one of the things I'm looking forward to, maybe I'll use the radio voice when you say sphere. Sphere. Good job. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Train me well. Yes. So there's some type of new AI trainer. Yes. That uh, you've been excited for me to check out. I, well, I saw the story this week. And so I haven't. I haven't read this. I just. I'm going to be there October second. So I'm excited to experience the Sphere and the AI greeter. But tell me about this. Tell everybody what the Sphere is if you haven't heard about it, and how amazing it is. And now that it's opening up to the public inside, what are we going to see here? Well, you're familiar with the Sphere. Oh, clearly, it's you're, been fun watching yeah. it be constructed over the last four years. Yeah, and it, crazy. It's all these interactive panel things it it's round it's round and yeah, it's a huge. video monitor but on steroids and the whole uh, outside is a video yeah monitor. and then it and then this is the building not just a video yeah, so it looks, not a billboard it's not a it could be a billboard it's not a billboard well they've used it occasionally for that since when i was there when they had the uh um basketball tournament in town the summer league was in town, the NBA Summer League, for a little bit. And uh, they, they were showing that off on there, that it was in town and things. So it can be used as that. But at night... I mean, it could be a giant basketball. It, it has been a giant basketball. Now, or a bunch of smaller ones rolling around on it, you know. <laughs> or an eyeball blinking. Uh, I was so funny, though. I was behind the you. And we were walking down the Link Promenade, uh, which is this area between... Uh, the, the Link is the big... Uh, Ferris wheel mm -hmm. uh, contraption in Las Vegas, the world's or the second largest one now. Uh, I think the biggest one is in Dubai now, but that at the course of the biggest one, you know. So anyway, uh, walking down there and beyond the beyond the link, uh, you can you can see the sphere, and this couple that's walking in front of me, they're like, I have never seen the moon so big in the sky. <laughs> and, I started to laugh. They just assumed it was the moon and it was actually the sphere as the moon for about two minutes. And they were taking pictures and they were chatting. I don't know if they, it's almost like they were FaceTiming with somebody. Look how big the moon is here in Las Vegas. And I just, I couldn't take it away from them that they were actually looking at the sphere instead. Don't ruin their moment. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the AI robotic greeter yes. is going to be this interactive AI greeter. It's a robot face and um it's part ai it's part robotic it's it's kind of cool looking yeah but that's going to be the official greeter conversationalist next time you're there yeah you should interview her i will i will attempt to do that yeah that would be pretty cool for the show i'm actually scheduled to be uh in there on the 2nd of october so i'll see if i can arrange that that would be fun I'll, i will try to interview her that's yeah an idea. interview of the i i saw that yeah. news story this week i'm like Wow. Because yeah. you and I had talked about the sphere. The what? The sphere. The sphere. Okay. <laughs> you just want me to mess it up again. <laughs> I'm just checking. Yeah. Um, but we, we talked about that, and, and you had talked about different components that were going to be added to this as yep. as um, the entire project comes to fruition. And, and this is a big part of it is the AI side and, the, and the, that greeter now that's going to be interactive. and So AI has become... If it's even possible, an even bigger part of my life. How are the Cheetos, by the way? Really good. Yeah. The only time I eat Cheetos is when we're doing the show. Because, <laughs> you know, you can relax. And Saturday I don't afternoons, I, I get to eat Cheetos. Otherwise, not on my diet. So Cheetos and Yarbo now? I mean, if we can yeah. get those oh. things your sponsor, what Ooh. Cheetos would they send us, do you think? Oh, yeah. Well, they did, have the, they did have the movie for the Fleming. Huh? Yeah. 
not the biggest flaming hot Cheeto fan, but uh, I'm, I'm a regular Cheeto. Some PR firm has been reaching out to me about the show, by the way. Really? Yeah. I'm just letting you know. On Cheetos? I, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure what they want. On Yarbo? Maybe it is about Yarbo. I don't know. Or they want to have a conversation with us, though. I'm oh. not going to do the show with you if you're wearing a Speedo. No. Well, we already know that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, marketing piece, I'm just saying. It, it the back road out there. The fact that Speedo wants me to do this is like insane. Although, if it's just on radio, that would be okay. But it's not for me. I'll wear a robe. Okay. All right. Well, maybe they want to market uh, you wearing a Speedo to their European market. Yeah, but I don't care how you look at this. I I am not my body something. You don't want to look at it in any way, shape, or no. Form. No. I don't. I don't look at myself in the mirror. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine millions of people watching our show on the History Channel or whatever, uh, or streaming it somewhere. I mean the. I don't know, and this is the thing: would viewership go up or not, or go down? I don't, I don't know. I think it it, it would go up once, and yeah, then it would go down. down. And then we just, <laughs> we're never ever watching this ever again. Yeah. Where's the bleach? <laughs> my eyes, my eyes. Oh my goodness, that would not be good. So anyway, um, speaking of your show, so destination celebration um one of many shows and programs that's hung up because of the writer strike yeah which is due in part to ai yeah so you know where's your show at as far as destination it's, celebration because it's idling this i mean i it's in the same place it was pattern yesterday and a month ago and and uh um, not that we are directly impacted by the strike because we're an unscripted show right so we don't have writers per se but there are so many <laughs> but you utilize ai <laughs> but we yeah we do you know but not so much for the show i mean but the the um the part of it though that's that's interesting is that there are so many other people in the industry that are standing with the writers including most actors uh because they also and this is what I find interesting about this. Um, and I'm a big AI advocate because of what I use it for, right? But I can see where if you're a creative, where this just can decimate you. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've talked a lot. Yeah, we've talked a lot about um, James Earl Jones, right? As Darth Vader. Forever. Signed a deal with Disney. He will be that forever. They have his voice cloned as an artificial intelligence. They'll use AI to generate the imagery that they need. He will always be, and his estate will continue to receive benefits from that for the forever, right? So these are the things that are going on, but if you're an actor or a writer, now you're not just competing with the, with the current set of actors or the current set of writers. You are competing with everybody who came before you. Because nothing's off the table anymore. I mean, when when you're about ready to, and I've seen the holographic version of Whitney Houston, right? Mm -hmm. And they are now working on a Michael Jackson and Elvis Presley. So you can go see the concerts of Elvis Presley. Well, what does that do to the to the musicians and the impersonators the and whatever? 
Yeah, and the impersonators, right? But all of that, right? What does it do when you have to compete against everything that came before you now as well? So there are only so many people, only so many hours that you can be entertained. And so that niche, it's like it's like television. At one time, there were three channels. Then there were six. Then there were 18. Now, when I turn on my Samsung TV at home uh, or LG or whatever. Another sponsor? They have... In their own list. It's not even a real cool list or anything anymore. They have their own cable selection almost. And there's a thousand channels in there. Yeah, see, I I, I, I can't function that way. There is My ADD kicks in. I'm like, I'm, I would spend more time trying to figure out what to watch than actually yeah, watching yeah. something. But I was I was just curious by the offerings, right? A lot of them are just dedicated. There's, there is one channel dedicated to Storage Wars. Really? 24-7 Storage Wars. And then the very next one is 24-7 of Gilligan's Island. And the next one is 24-7 of something else. So I could binge watch Hogan's Heroes. Yes. Or could. I could binge watch uh, Battlestar Galactica. If if it's a channel. I mean, not all, not all TV shows have their channels. But I would what I would imagine is that after Storage Wars is up on that particular, on, on channel 842... They might run that for three or four months, and then Battlestar Galactica would take its place, for example, Your right? Star Trek episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Star Trek has its own channel. Yeah. 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 I like So it. it's kind of... You mean other than BBC America? Because if you have cable, the BBC so, America like Star Trek. So will that scenario now play out for actors? Will it play out for musicians and what have you? that your audience is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So if you were, you know, 20 years ago playing to typically playing to somebody or a group of 2000 or 5,000 or 20,000 people, your audience is going to become more intimate because now there's like 800 different shows when you go to Las Vegas, because they're all holographic and AI and all this other stuff that's going on. Right. So two questions. One, how smart was James Earl Jones being, innovative and being on the front end of this so that him and his estate will be monetized forever off of this. I, I think pretty smart because you know, obviously set the standard nobody knew what the price should be well at a certain and, point and there's no competition right they don't even know and at a certain point you know we've had this discussion before will there be actors in the future or do you just generate an ai I believe that there will. Yeah. Well, in fact, there are shows already being created with artificial right. intelligence. I mean, there was one here not that long ago. It's 20 minutes long. It's a short movie, totally written by AI and acted by AI. Yeah. So the other question I've got is when you're looking at the monetization of those channels, let's go back to those channels for a second. Um, is there a paywall? Do you subscribe individually? It's kind of like an a la carte. How does that function? Because you have to monetize things. So it's it's like regular television, you know, with with regular commercial. Yeah, ads. yeah, yeah. So when you're watching Gilligan's Island nonstop, it's not as many commercials though. That's the one thing I've noticed is that if you're watching Storage Wars, it'll only be like one or two commercials in the middle instead of six or eight or twelve, like it usually is, right? So Cadillac commercial will pop up, or yeah, uh, and 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 Gilligan's Island coconut milk. And, be <laughs> and because it's just Gilligan's Island all the time, they're not even that concerned about if it's on the half hour. You know, the, the no, you don't want to run 22 after, and then the next one starts at 53 after or 48 after or whatever it is, depending on how the fill rate is for commercials and, and whatever. And those commercials, by the way, are being more and more targeted to you. Well, and those commercials, they don't need to be 30 seconds. They don't. 60 seconds. There's no... 
There is no whatever anymore. You lose that that time stamp that goes along with traditional satellite or cable or, you know, the paradigm's kind of being broken up. It's like, eh. Well, remember when TBS went and started um, their programming? Was it on the five or or? Oh, yeah, like right after or right after or whatever. Yeah, they rotated their clock because they're like, hey, we don't want to have commercials when everybody else is having commercials. Yeah, I do remember that. And and the other thing with that, of course, was that if you didn't want to watch some shows or whatever, as you're going through, you're like, oh, I can catch the beginning of this one now. Right. Right. So they were really smart about that. And and actually, at the time, very innovative, very cutting edge. Yep. So I do have to ask, we were talking about Gilligan's Island, Um, Ginger or Marianne? Well, Marianne. Well, of course, Marianne. Okay. Of course, they're poor people. They're, or in your case, you know, Mrs. Howell. They're never, they're never going to get off that island. No, they won't. So sad. <laughs> I mean, here it is. I was a kid when I was seeing that news report, and they're still on that island, Steve. No, that's the longest three-hour cruise <laughs> I've ever heard of in my life. Of course it is. And I love thinking about and singing that all the time. And every time I hear it, three hours, I always think three-hour cruise. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So have you... I can't get past the three-hour tour. Right? It's stuck in your head now, isn't it? Every time somebody says, I'll see you in three hours, I start with oh, the Gilligan's Island thing. In. Absolutely. And I don't know why that is. After all these years, when I see when I hear three hours, hey, I'll see it in about three hours, and it just like it automatically comes into my head. Okay, so we're about the same age, and uh, Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, HR Puff and stuff on Saturday <laughs> mornings of that and for Looney Looney Tunes. It, uh, how many of those theme songs, Scooby Doo? How many of those theme songs can you still sing in your head? Probably all of them. I I, I never watched Buff and stuff, so did I you? couldn't even. I did a little bit, just be, I I didn't like it. Yeah, but it was on when nothing else was on. Sure. So it was like okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was either that or stop watching Saturday morning cartoons and go do your chores. Exactly. Yeah. So and why would you I, do that? No, you wouldn't do that. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, Conjunction, junction, what's your function? I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill. You are not going to de- get discovered, so no. please stop singing to the, everybody <laughs> listening to it. Actually, I, 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 was, I flipped through the channels the other night and watched uh, uh, the end of an episode of South Park where they were going to be agents and the um, Chinese woman the guy's wife that was going on um one of the singing shows and so they were going to go to los angeles and represent her but what you did all the work we don't have to do anything but we're going to collect the money okay we're we're we'll sign her (laughs) (laughs) you know this is something we haven't talked about for a while but eulas and user licensing agreements yeah um read the fine print have you ever read any of these i you know what no, and then yes. Okay. Because I started reading them after you and I have had discussions about you should probably read them. Well, so South Park had an episode on this, right? They did. I and this was like eight or ten years ago, and this is... Uh, how long ago did Steve Jobs pass away? Oh. Hasn't been that long. Six? So he was still alive, and part of the Apple end-user licensing agreement was that at any time they could come and get your firstborn. So... <laughs> so they decided that they were going to 
uh, actually enforce this. So everybody's firstborn was being taken away. And so it was hilarious. But it really Google that one really, really brings the point up. And the person should. But how many times if you just clicked yes, because you don't want to read through the oh, my goodness, the endless, endless stuff that's in there go through and edit permissions because one of the things that I do is like mm, no you don't get permissions all the time you get permissions just when I'm using this app that that's one of the things that I always make sure that I go through and and I'll read at least that far to figure out when the permissions are valid by the way South Park Trapper Keeper one of the best episodes ever. okay so I have a list of some of the weirdest EULA clauses Really? This, these are interesting, right? So the first one, Amazon Lumberyard. Have you ever played? I Amazon Lumberyard is a free game engine. Anyone can use it to build or host a game. So if you've never built a game, integrates with Twitch streaming and Amazon's AWS cloud platform. So in this EULA agreement, Amazon states that you should not use Lumberyard with critical systems like medical devices or nuclear facilities. Huh? But it makes one exception to this. And this is verbatim. However, this restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence certified by the United States Centers for Disease Control or successor body of a widespread viral infection transmitted via bites or contact with bodily fluids that causes human corpses to reanimate and seek to consume living human flesh, blood, brain, or nerve tissue, and is likely to result in the fall of organized civilization. There's a zombie clause. There's a zombie clause. Ah. Okay, okay, that's funny. Now, that, that's got to be put in as a joke. Or is it? Let me get my tail out. Yeah, so if a zombie apocalypse <laughs> ever happens, it's good to know that you won't face any legal repercussions for running your x-ray service on Amazon Lumberyard. That's That was the takeaway on it. So actually, my question is, can Amazon Lumberyard see zombies? That's, yeah. I suppose you could build an app. Well, right? uh, oh, I forget the movie. Uh, it was crappy. Um Roddy Roddy Piper, the wrestler, was in it. Oh, them. It was them. And they had these x-ray glasses that these zombie alien weird... You could only see them with these glasses. It's kind of... Yeah. Kind of that. So you ready for the next one? It gets better than the zombie oh, apocalypse? I'm... Next one. The iTunes, Eula. Um, did you, have you ever subscribed to iTunes? No. Okay. But... I don't have an iPhone. So I don't percent of people listening to us have Apple devices. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm, I'm in the same camp. I'm an Android person too, but, uh, but many people, of course, have Apple devices. And if you even are an app or an Android user, you can have iTunes, you know. But the iTunes EULA makes mention that nobody from U.S. embargoed countries or certain lists can use the software. However, a much more drastic clause closes out this section. You also, and this is verbatim again. You also agree that you will not use these products for any purposes prohibited by United States law, including, without limitation, the development, design, manufacture, or production of nuclear, missile, or chemical, or biological weapons. This is iTunes. This is something that you listen to podcasts and listen to music with. 
But they have a clause in here that you cannot use these things to develop nuclear missiles or chemical or biological weapons. So it's strictly forbidden to listen to an audio book of how to make a thermonuclear warhead. I suppose that may be why that's in Is that why it's in there? That might make some sense. Yeah. Actually. Never even thought about it that way before, but sure. So, but, but, but iTunes will gladly have that on oh. the platform to share, but you're not allowed to listen to it. So, it goes on. So, the, per, the person who wrote this article, at last, at last, the long-time argument is settled. Apple expressly forbids you from using iTunes to create nuclear missiles. <laughs> so if there was a debate before, it's been settled now. So, so yeah, hey, I just thought of something. Yeah, I mean, it's the nuclear missile thing. Yeah, uh, remember the movie Weird Science? Yes, of course. So would Kelly LeBrock be considered AI? <laughs> is is that the first iteration of AI? Well, it's because really the first time somebody thought about it. Right? Well, you know where I am with movies and foreshadowing and things that are in sci-fi movies that come to fruition. Hopefully, not the zombie apocalypse. Um, it was Kelly LeBrock the first AI. We'll have to call her and find out. We should get her on the show. We should. How do you feel about being the first AI? Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be great. So just a legitimate question. April Fools. So this is number three on the list. You might joke about having to sell your soul when you sign a contract, but for over 7,500 people who shopped at former UK video store Game Station on April Fool's Day 2010, this was more literal than they thought. On that day, GameStation updated its website terms and conditions with the following. By placing an order via this website on the first day of the fourth month of the year 2010, you agree to grant us a non-transferable option to claim for now and forevermore your immortal soul. <laughs> 7,500 people said yes to this. Are you kidding me? Well, they didn't read the EULA. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And it was only available on that day. Well, it was better than your firstborn male child. I guess so, but that might be on the list here yet, so you never Oh, know. okay, that's just saying. We're only at number three, so there's a few more to go. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to the School for Startups Minute with Jim Beach. All week I've been talking about the new book, 10 Ways to Get Sued by Anyone and Everyone. I hope you get a copy on Amazon. It's by Mitch Beinhacker and Barry Cohen. And today we're going to talk about the final suggestion from the book on how to not get sued. You must avoid the independent contractor trap. All of those 1099 employees are really dangerous. Let's talk about that right after this. If you want to learn more about low-risk, zero-creativity entrepreneurship, please check out the full-length version of the School for Startups Minute at schoolforstartupsradio.com. The radio show and podcast won the Small Business Administration Media Award and features amazing guests, billionaires, 
millionaires and their stories, thought leaders and their insights on leadership, personal growth and starting businesses, practitioners teaching best practices on SEO, net marketing, fundraising and operations, all filtered through the knowledge that anyone can become a successful entrepreneur. Check out schoolforstartupsradio.com. The IRS is very clear about who is an employee and who is not. You would like to say that the 1099 employees are clearly not full-time permanent employees. But the IRS rules say that if you tell someone what to do and how to do it, they're probably an employee. It's a great reason to hire overseas. It's Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken on Super Talk 1270. Join Steve weekday mornings between 9 and 11 for interesting local talk and special guests, plus your phone calls. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town thanks our sponsors, Big Boy, Trademark Realty, Silver Ranch, and Peak Automotive and Service. AM Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. Multiple cities across the U.S. are now feeling the ripple effects of the border crisis. In Chicago, the surge of buses bringing migrants into the city, forcing them to sleep on the floors of police stations. Officials in Washington responding. ABC's Jacqueline Lee reports on a big meeting today. The Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, is now saying that the border is closed. He's making that very clear. So he is meeting with the president of Honduras this weekend, and they will be visiting McAllen, Texas, the two discussing ways to reduce irregular migration. This comes after the Biden administration authorized 800 additional troops at the border and granted nearly 500,000 Venezuelan migrants temporary legal status so they can work. The historic UAW strike in its second week now escalating thousands more members joining picket lines after union leaders expanded the strike. Lucas Naparowski is a worker at the Stellantis plant near Detroit, says many more people could potentially feel the impacts of the strike in the days ahead. It's going to not only affect the company and all of us workers that are going to be on $500 a week, but it's also going to affect the consumer. The customers are going to be waiting for car parts to get their cars fixed and they're going to be sitting. While the strike expanded to more GM and Stellantis plants, the UAW not adding more Ford plants as the union says it's been making progress in talks with that automaker. With House Republicans unable to get on the same page, a government shutdown at the end of the month is looking more likely, disrupting many essential services and delaying pay for up to 4 million federal workers. ABC's Alexis Christophorus. Many IRS offices will be closed, but Americans will still have to pay their taxes. And travelers may feel the pain at the nation's airports as air traffic controllers would have to work without pay. And training for thousands of new air traffic controllers meant to ease the current shortage would stop. Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid payments would continue and the U.S. Postal Service would still function. This is ABC Super Talk 1270 Bismarck Area Weather. Heavy rain with scattered thunderstorms likely today, tonight, into tomorrow. We could get a half inch to an inch of rain or more by the time it all winds down late tonight into tomorrow morning. Today's high 66, 55 tonight, showers ending, gradual clearing 70 tomorrow. Do you need help with back taxes? Try Tax Solutions now. They can help with all of your IRS problems. 800-281-8193. 
I'm meteorologist Sean Cable. Currently, it is 60. This is McGruff the Crime Dog, and I need you to help me take a bite out of crime. Counterfeit products are popping up everywhere. If you think buying them is harmless, think again. Counterfeits are usually made with hazardous and even lethal ingredients that could harm you and others. And the money you paid, it goes right into the hands of criminals. Remember, if you don't know where the products came from, how could you know where the money goes? You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Learn more at McGruffPSA.org. This message is brought to you by the United States Patent and Trademark Office and the National Crime Prevention Council. Now you can listen to Super Talk 1270 on Alexa. Hiya. Find out how at supertalk1270.com. Goodbye. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So in case you're just joining us, we are reviewing ridiculous EULA clauses, the end user licensing agreements. Not to be confused with your EULA. Yes, just EULA. Yeah, EULA. Yeah, yeah, that you never read when you buy a piece of software or an app or, or buy a house for that matter. Well, there's a people for that when you buy a house. Have you ever read all of that stuff or buy a car? Oh, have you ever walked in? This this just happened to me not too long ago. I went and bought a car. I already had it picked out. I knew what I wanted. I just walked in and said, I will pay you the price you have in this vehicle. I just want to buy the car. Well, we have to go for a test drive first. No, we don't. What do you mean we have to go? It's required by our, our dealership that every person who buys a car here has to go for a test drive first. Okay, can I drive that one? But I'm buying that one. <laughs> Did you try that? I'm like, I have, I have rented many of these exact vehicles i know exactly what i want i just want that one i don't even want to negotiate the price i don't have time for this we had to go for a test drive to get the car was this because you were trying to charge an electric vehicle you no, rented and no. you're saying screw this i'm just going to go buy a car and then of course two hours later i'm still there they didn't have to try to sell me anything that's the car i want those are the options i want nothing more why do you have to go through all this to buy a car anyway Try to upsell you the mud flaps. And then, of course, because they're taking me through this, then I'm like, I'm going to mess with you guys. Yeah, I do want to actually read the contract. Oh, no. So four hours later, you're still there. And, of course, they got mad about that. Really? Because they had to sit there and let me read the contract then. And nobody ever reads the contract. So, But if you're going to be ridiculous with me, I can be ridiculous back. Marlo can be ridiculous. That's great. All right. Our so the guru of ridiculous. So the top ten or the top eight, and the first one was the... Uh, Amazon Lumberyard comes back to life. It was the zombie apocalypse clause that they had in there. The second one we talked about is that iTunes, uh, they say it's not okay to use iTunes to build nuclear missiles. It's a great policy to have in in, in, in a a music app. Just saying. The third one was Sold Your Soul. Uh, It was actually an April Fool's thing that GameStation did on April Fool's Day 2010 and we were just talking about this, that it, it, it actually says you agree, and this is verbatim in the end user licensing agreement, you agree to grant us a non-transferable option to claim for now and forevermore your immortal soul. So, you know what's funny about that? Yes. So at some point that company gets bought, uh, say by Facebook, and then <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg actually wants your soul? 
Well, again, see, this is what the thing is. I stopped it there. Is that transferable? It gets better. Oh, no. In the, say, in the EULA, should we wish to exercise this option, you agree to surrender your immortal, immortal soul and any claim you may have on it within five working days of receiving written notification from GameStation or one of its duly authorized minions. So if Facebook were to buy GameStation, they would have that. Oh, it even gets better. So, by, by the way, when you say exercise, you don't mean exorcism. No, okay. exercise. Going on, we reserved a right to serve such notice in six-foot-high letters of fire. However, we can accept no liability for any loss or damage caused by such an act. If you do not believe you have an immortal soul, have already given it to another party, or do not wish to grant us a license... Please click the link below to nullify this subclause and proceed with your transaction. Unsurprisingly, just 12% of people clicked the link to nullify the contract. 7,500 people that day said yes to this. <laughs> so, so if you clicked on that, I'm wondering if this big pop-up and... If you clicked on it, they received a coupon for their prudence, though the company had mercy and nullified their soul rights the next day. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. So Mark Zuckerberg can't get your soul. Yeah. Okay. So the fourth most ridiculous thing on this list, free money for waiting through a EULA. Well, that sounds good. PC Pit Stop, a computer maintenance tool created perhaps one of the most well-known funny contract agreements of all time. In 2005, the company added the following special consideration clause to its EULA. And again, verbatim, a special consideration which may include financial compensation, financial compensation will be awarded to a limited number of authorized licensees to read this section of the license agreement and contact PC Pit Stop at their, at their email address. This offer can be withdrawn at any time. As it turns out, it took four months and over 3,000 downloads of its software before someone wrote in about this. They were rewarded with $1,000. Nice. But it took 3,000 people to download this and read the EULA before some, or somebody actually read the EULA. So one out of 3,000 read it. Click, 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 done. All right. That's something. Number five, the fry, the far cry enforces morality. Um, just like software, video game license agreements can be strange as well. If you decided to purchase Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon from, from Steam, you should be aware of this restriction in the game's EULA. It is not permitted to use a contrary to morality or the laws in force. What's, and then it has three dots. That are blank. It is not permitted dot 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 to use in contrary to morality or the laws in force. So what standard of morality does this go by? It's rather vague. Some regard it regard it as an immoral as as immoral to play the M rated violent video game in the first place. Perhaps it would be contrary to morality to say to use the box that the game comes in to hit someone. But this is a digital game, so even that doesn't apply. And I, I don't know where they're going with that. I guess it doesn't seem like that's so funny. Moral turpitude clause. There you go. Basically. That they left blank. Yeah. Basically. Fill in at yep. your own discretion. Yep. 
Let's see. Tumblr's community guidelines page defines some behavior that's prohibited on the service. One of the categories, username, URL, abuse, or squatting. This makes sense on the surface, but reading the details raises more questions. Are you familiar with the term squatting? Yes. Okay, so squatting, if you're not familiar with it, is buying a domain name or getting a domain name uh, that you don't use. And you're hoping that somebody will pay you for it. And that's been, you know, like if you had slash, you know, if you bought money.com, that was probably the most infamous one because Money Magazine ended up paying a million dollars or something because somebody went on and bought money.com first. Right, and there's a little insider trading. It's like, okay, what might be popular someday? Right. Uh, okay. So they, people go buy these domains. Yeah, they'll buy the domain. A lot on them yeah. until somebody says something. Okay. So Tumblr's username slash URLs are meant for the use and enjoyment of all of our users. Don't squat, hoard, amass, accumulate, accrue, stockpile, rack up, buy, trade, sell, launder, invest in, ingest, get drunk on, cyber with, <laughs> grope, or jealously guard Tumblr usernames and URLs. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, so no groping after you get yep. drunk on the Tumblr. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought was kind of funny. Seven is arbitration clauses. Let's see here. If you've, if a company ever does you seriously serious wrong, you've probably considered pursuing legal action to make it right. However, nearly every EULA nowadays includes an arbitration clause. Essentially, this means that by using the service, you waive your right to sue or join a class action lawsuit. So, if you use a, a flashlight app and it's ruined your phone, you have no recourse at all remember the flash, flashlight apps that were out there before they're actually just part of the phone now oh yes oh they were horrible well and this is this is the thing with the flashlight app that i always i always said obviously they have to make money somehow and they always ask you if it's okay to get your contacts and and uh, have access to your images and stuff what do you need access to this stuff for or well a flashlight they use that they use that information they accumulate to sell to other other nefarious things you know all right. The arbitration notice. You agree that disputes between you and us will be resolved by binding individual arbitration, and you waive your right to participate in a class action lawsuit or a class-wide arbitration. We explain some exemptions on how you can opt out of arbitration below. So Sony's, Sony's PlayStation Network went through an extended outage after it suffered a severe data breach that exposed over 70 million users, and a class action lawsuit was organized against Sony due to the damage after Sony updated its terms of service to prevent people from suing the company like this again. So that's what started the whole thing with arbitration and you basically do not have any rights. And this, I know it's not funny or anything, but it is just something that you have to be aware of when you sign on for these softwares. So bottom line, you should read the EULA. Well, they might take your firstborn, you know? So, and then there's the soul, the or your soul. And the last one, EULA may change at any time. So even though you've clicked okay, and agreed to it. You've also clicked okay and agreed to the fact that they can change it anytime they want to. Some of them, and I'm sure you've seen these before, where they'll pop up and say that they've changed theirs, but a lot of them, because it's written into the EULA, just automatically change them. And so, don't give you the option to to opt out of the new change. What's the recourse from a consumer? Is it, there is no recourse. Don't you, buy my product? You said yes to this. Yeah. And there's times like, you know, the contact thing, for example, like if you were to download the flashlight app and then it no, asks you never again to uh, share your contact information or your, your contacts, you know, the people that like I would then be sharing your name with them. Right. Um, and you say, no, I don't want to do that. Then it comes back and says, sorry, you don't get to use my flashlight. Yeah. Screw you. Bye. So 
we don't we we only all we're only interested in you if you share your information with us. So because that's the monetary that's side monetary of it. side of it. Yes. Yes. Well, that and the pop up ads. Yes, that's correct. I used to do because uh, early on some of the the apps that were out there, um, Weatherbug. I really liked Weatherbug, but it got so cumbersome with all of the pop ups. Um, I had a flashlight app way back in the day. Got so cumbersome with all the pop. You couldn't turn the flashlight on. You had to wade through 10 ads before you could actually get to the screen that turned the flashlight on. It's like, I need a flashlight. It was just yes. frustrating. Yes. Extremely frustrating. Yes. So we're going to get into, I like, I like doing these type of things, I guess. We have a lot of things we want to talk to, bo- talk to you about AI today, but I have one more list I want to share. I? Um, these are the weirdest, the 12 most ridiculous Windows Windows errors of all time. Because Windows makes errors? Never. No. I know it's hard to believe. Windows 8 made errors? Windows 8. The most short-lived operating system of all time. Was it even on the market for eight days? I don't know. It it was red as... Nobody liked Windows 8. It was hilarious. But everybody loved Windows 7. Nobody wanted to give that up. The Tech Ranch. I'm Dave. Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. Researchers have successfully extracted and decoded RNA from a thylacine. I think it's a dinosaur. Sample was taken from a roughly 130-year-old museum specimen. The research could help scientists in bringing back the species back from extinction. It also helps transform the way scientists view museum and archive specimens. Do we want Jurassic Park back? This is my question. We know how this ended. Because once we bring back the dinosaurs, then there's going to be this giant meteor that hits the earth and we're all going to die. So there's a company that is actively pursuing bringing the woolly mammoth back. Right. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. In fact, where we live in North Dakota... um, the state of North Dakota uh, recently gave this company a grant for, was it $3 million? Yeah. $11 million. I think it was three. Uh, and they've raised approximately, I think it was $150 million. But the reason that the state of North Dakota got involved with this is because they believe that the climate in North Dakota was the climate that the woolly mammoth survived in because of the four seasons that we have here. And, they feel that we are one of the most perfect places in the world to have woolly mammoths. And in fact, the woolly mammoth that was discovered here not too terribly long ago is the specimen that they're basing this potential rebirth of a woolly mammoth. And so I have friends who are buffalo ranchers. Yes. And that's a six-string barbed wire that you have to run. What do you have to do for a woolly mammoth? Well, I, I don't think it's unlike what you've seen in Jurassic Park. These huge things with that, that have electric... Boy, that would beat a family of four for a long time. <laughs> I mean... you got to ranch it, right? I don't... I don't. Would I don't, there be herds of woolly mammoths that you... I don't know how to answer that. What do you do with it if you bring it back? That's the question. What do you, what do, you do with it? Oh, cool. Put it in a zoo? And then, or do you actually... Bring it back in herds that you ranch. So 
you know, you, you can make the argument that if man... Do they taste like chicken? <laughs> I could ask. You know, if, <laughs> if man destroyed a species because of whatever, dammed up right. a river and the fish went away, that was in that or river. Or whales or, you know... It's... If people were responsible for that and then we figure out a way to bring them back... You know, I can maybe see that a little bit, but we had nothing to do with woolly mammoths. No. It's an evolution thing or evolution of, you know, whatever. Let's bring back saber-toothed tigers. They'll eat us Me- all. Meteor hit the earth, you know, a few years back and took out most dinosaurs, you know. So, or at least that's the theory, theory. behind it. So, I don't know what how I feel about it. And this is the other thing about it is that... Does, is this just going to open the door up to everything else? I mean, if they can bring back extinct species, then what stops science from doing things to current living things? Well, that's my question, man. That's the ethical side of this. Where does that go or where does it stop? Because you have a favorite pet. Yeah, that's exactly so right. I'm going to go clone that favorite pet yes. that lived 14 years and yes. it's lived its life cycle. And now I'm, but I want that same pet. Or a spouse that was killed in a car accident. Right. And you have her hairbrush and has some hair in there. Can you just go and clone? <laughs> now, of course, there are movies about this stuff already. You don't want to know what I'm thinking right uh, now. <laughs> okay. But that's, you know, or, or, you know, in the cattle industry or, or the perfect cow and any of these things, right? I mean, how how re- how reproduction is just you know you'll just call up the lab and say I need another eighteen cows. So so if if you lose a spouse, yeah, not to make light of this, but if you lost a spouse in a, in a car accident and you wanted to um, bring them back and clone them, right? What's the? Because I'm thinking Deadpool here. <laughs> okay. Which I've never watched, by the way. Really? Yeah, I, I need. Oh, you need to watch Deadpool. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene in the second one that it it he gets cut in half, and he's regrowing his lower half, and it takes a while. But um, but what's you would have to accelerate if you, I mean because if you're starting from a lab and growing someone or something, it, right? Is it the regular aging cycle? And then, How do you manage all that? And if it's accelerated, the are you able to, all right, when that person gets to 50 years old, can you just turn it on to be regular growth at that point? Yeah. So I don't know the answer. Can you manipulate that part of it? You know, so, and of course there's the argument for um, organs and that type of thing. So, all right, so we're not going to use. You're a raging alcoholic and I need a new liver, so I'm going to regrow my liver. Or or you, you have a clone that has been produced for you. That's just in, you know, in stasis somewhere. And because now you need a new liver, you already have the perfect replacement for that liver. So you can, it's, it's like a going to the parts, parts yard. And there is a movie from the seventies like that. So the, these things are, I mean, it, it, and I don't mean to, ex, ex, you know, extrapolate from us bringing back a woolly mammoth, but quite frankly, if that's possible and it sounds like it is. That and I'm sure they're using this because well, they've cloned sheep. Yeah. Dolly, yes. they cloned Correct. sheep. So Correct. you just need the DNA. So what? 
And if they're, but I think what what the thing is like with the woolly mammoth, I, I would I wish they would start with something a little smaller because I just don't understand a woolly chicken. How you're going, you're going to? <laughs> they should bring a woolly chicken back. I mean, if they if they actually make like six woolly mammoths and have them run around North Dakota, you know what moose and elk do to our fences and everything else around here. Ranchers aren't going to like it. I can't imagine the chaos of having a woolly mammoth running around here. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I just think of the hunting season. Do I well, use a spear or do I get to actually... <laughs> How's that work? Big rock? Maybe it'll chase the mountain lions out because they'll look at these things and go, I'm not yeah, going after that. Go in there. <laughs> the, the wolves and the coyotes, the coyotes especially, they'll just... There's a woolly mammoth on our property? We're scattering to someplace else. Or the deer and the uh, woolly mammoth play. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to North Dakota. Yeah. So anyway, but... So this research, uh, decoding RNA from a thylacine, is really interesting because this this is a museum specimen. So this woolly mammoth scenario, they claim that they have blood. Then they're able to, you know, like from a mosquito or whatever, uh, that, that was in, is in the same excavation site as what this woolly mammoth is. So they have blood, and they're able to extract from that. Well, an RNA scenario is a sequencing scenario that they will be able to grow from. Which so it's not like they have a living tissue. They're going to just rec- they're just going to create this now. So I used to go to Dominican Republic a lot, and that's the land of amber. There's amber yeah. everywhere, yeah. and like Jurassic Park, you know that was the the rationale. Oh, hey, we got DNA from a mosquito that bit a dinosaur or a woolly mammoth or whatever it is, uh, and it was preserved yep. in that amber. And yep. I've seen the amber in the insects in there. It's like Lord knows what's inside of that. Right, exactly. So it's really interesting. It's you know we we talk a lot about AI and robots and how that could be the end of the world. I don't know. I just. I'm actually more afraid of this technology than I am of artificial. Jurassic Park could be the end of the world. Oh, my goodness. I mean, are we going to be living with dinosaurs again? And is that even a good thing? I, I don't know. I don't know how to react to this. They had their time, and it passed. I mean, are we are we going to use the woolly mammoth as a tourist attraction in North Dakota? Is that what the play is here? That might be. Uh, we could have them at Medora. Just saying, right? It's Teddy Roosevelt, teddy bears, and the woolly mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Listening to The Tech Ranch, where technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. So we're going to start talking about the 12 most ridiculous Windows errors of all time. I, I, the only thing that popped in my head was 12 Days of Christmas when you started saying that. But so, first, so can, first can, we, can we sing that? Yeah. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> So the first one is the internet has more users than just you. Anyone who's used the internet for more than five minutes knows that most activity online isn't private, and that did. But that didn't stop Internet Explorer from pointing out the obvious. So you'd get a an error typically pops up on the new IE installation. With this is many many moons ago, of course. You'll usually see it when searching Google or Bing for the first time. As Akali points out, when you put something online, some other people somewhere might be able to see it. You are not alone. So the error is, when you send information over the Internet, it might be possible for others to see that information. Do you want to continue? Do you think Al Gore designed it that way? I am. It's a good question, though. (laughs) Al, what was your intent with the Internet? (laughs) 
This one to me is hilarious. Two on the list, Windows error reporting will report an error. So the pop-up window, whenever a program crashes on Windows, it usually asks you to, re- to submit an error report so that it can so that you can pretend that Microsoft is looking for a solution to your exact problem, right? Of course that's happening. However, what happens when you what happens when the error report runs into an error? So this was the pop-up. Windows problem reporting has stopped working. I remember so, that one. So you you would get an error about the about the software not working and then the very next thing would be this pop-up that says that the reporting part of it has stopped working as well. So you have an error, but you can't report it because the error. we're not working. Problem with error, yeah. My error has an error. Yep. So I always thought that was funny. So this is funny. This might take a while. Whenever you move some files, Windows provides a helpful dialog box to estimate how long the transfer would take. Sometimes it's not exactly accurate, right? This one... Uh, copying 306, they have a, a sample of it on the on the uh, screen I'm looking at. So this was 306 items, 1.45 gigs from downloads, blah, 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 to another folder, right? Approximate uh, time remaining was 46,368 days and five hours. Wow. <laughs> Let's see, 46,000 days from now. There's 365 days in a year times 100. So I would have to live to be about 150 years old for that transfer to finish. Just saying. Well, they might stick your head on an AI body at that point. That's right. You could do that. That's right. Hilarious. False alarm. There are enough error messages in the world that provide info about actual problems. This particular message isn't satisfied with that, though, and instead gets you all worked up for nothing. So it's an erroneous error. So behind this one, it says, found new hardware, Windows needs to install driver for your mass storage thing. And then there's an error. This is an error window. It actually says error across the top. With a red X in the middle. Oh, I hate that red X. That says the operation completed successfully. With the red X? This is the red X with the error across the top, but it also states that the operation completed successfully. So, so did it or no? Didn't it? <laughs> That's the whole point, isn't it? You're just as confused before that message popped up as you are after it popped up. Like did it? Did it? No. Maybe. I don't know. Well, at least it did something that's better yeah, than the spinning wheel of death yeah, on that is true. apples. Yes. Number five on the list, unspecified potential security flaw. There's nothing quite like an error message that's so vague and unhelpful that a user has no choice but to ignore it. Here's one of those messages. The page has an unspecified potential security flaw. Would you like to continue? No. And behind it, there's, I'm showing Steve the graphic right now. <laughs> it's an endless flow of the exact same. Um, there must be a hundred of these behind it. You know, the worst part with some of these, though, is the only way to get out of them, you had to reboot your had computer. had to reboot your computer because yeah. the error message just kept popping up, yeah. popping up. You, and, you and the error message it. made no sense. No. Just like that. You have an unspecified error. What are you talking about? And it just keeps playing that over and over and over again. Yeah. Click it off. Yeah. Click it off. No, just reboot. 
And that didn't even get rid of it no. all the time. Number six on the list, cannot delete a, fly, a file. Please delete files. Not rare, it's not rare to see errors when deleting a file, but this one is bizarre enough to raise some eyebrows. If you try to delete a file, Windows may bark at you with this. Oh, oh. And, and there's a red X again. Cannot delete the file number. There is enough. There's not enough free disk space. Delete one or more files to free disk space and then try again. So you don't have enough memory to delete the file, but please delete more files so that I can delete this file. Because we need to put you, uh, pop up another error message. Yes. To free space, free space on this drive by deleting old or unnecessary files, click disk cleanup. So, of course, when you click disk cleanup, it'll pop up again that says there is not enough free space. So you get in this loop, not enough free that space. That was the problem. File. They were all continuous loops. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Hilarious. Number seven, we're going to need a, long, a longer password. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> We know that a longer password is more secure, but this is taking it a bit too far. On some Windows 2000 users found that an OS wouldn't accept anything less than 18,770 character passwords. Don't even try to sneak around that uh, 18,760 character password by Windows. This was the change password message. Your password must be at least 180 yeah, or 18,770 characters and cannot repeat any of your previous 30,689 oh. passwords. Wow. <laughs> you were going to say characters. I'm like, um, I'm going to run out of characters. <laughs> can, can you imagine having to type an 18,000 character password? And, of course, you need to have a number and a punctuation in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Too, right? Not sequential either. No. I mean, for you just can't do that. Type of password that meets these requirements in both text boxes. So, oh, you had to do it twice. Because you had to confirm uh, that this is the right password. I'll be here a while. <laughs> well, and... It's too funny. Well, it's, it's kind of like a lot of, uh, you know, the suggestion is uh, for a password. Use a phrase. Yeah, uh, and um, some of those phrases get ridiculously long. So, I'm much of a less scale than that. No, no, <laughs> I agree. I mean, some of these things have gotten out of control, but but we have so much identity theft and fraud and everything else. That's the only way they can. Yeah, what, what are we up to tonight? Now, five level authentication or something yeah. like that. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, everything, even even just logging into Google now, I I have two-factor authentication on everything it's just it's it's almost like it's required you can't even next time you log into something it's actually oh i, I i've actually so. worked with three have you in a work setting it's yeah three level so it's it's three like factors. email text yeah and your password on your computer yeah, yeah. it's like i needed to just look at an email really quick i'm, wait, I, I'm waiting for the blood sample yeah version, right Had to prick your finger give it a little sample of blood so it can take your DNA and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that is Steve Bach. Well, that's yeah. kind of like for the little diabetes prick that you have used to have to do. Yeah. Now you're going to have to go back to it for your computer. Everybody's yeah. going to wind up yeah. doing that. 
Oh, DMs. Well, maybe, maybe you know, scanning your face or eyes. Here, lick this. Yeah. I need your yeah. DNA sample. <laughs> lick, this. lick your computer screen. I need your DNA sample. COVID test. Can you stick the eye, or the the swab up your nose just a little bit further? <sighs> Ouch, no. Number eight on the list. We can't open programs when shutting down. Software developers were, cre- were creating error messages so awful that Microsoft had to step in and create a guide to effective error messages. They created a guide for this. The first Hall of Shame message they criticized is this, and it was this application failed to initialize because the Windows station is being shut down. That's fair. Well, you know, if you're if you're shutting down your computer, <laughs> then I suppose the application shouldn't, shouldn't initialize, right? Right. I guess that is fair. That that's fair. I mean, you should you should probably be notified that if you've clicked the button to start a software program and then decide to shut your computer down, that there should be an error message that pops up that you have to clear off before your computer can shut off to say that it will tell you that you can't initialize this program anymore. I just, I think that makes sense. This little voice on the computer is like, what are you doing, Dave? Yeah. Dave, (laughs) Dave, what are you doing? Did you mean to do that, Dave? Dave? Dave. (laughs) Yes. So, Windows number nine, Vista is the problem. Remember Windows Vista? Well, we'll all say Vista was a problem back in the day. Windows Vista wasn't exactly the finest version of Microsoft's operating system. While it's a common joking point among computer users... It was better than eight. We wouldn't expect Microsoft to say anything too bad about Vista. But here's a problem reports and solutions screen that popped up. Download install the driver for Windows Vista. And then the very first line after that, the, this problem was caused by Windows Vista, which was created by Microsoft Corporation. So you, you had to, as you're downloading and to install the driver for Windows Vista, it actually stated that the problem was caused by Windows Vista. So kind of hilarious. Well, that was one of those operating systems that didn't mesh well with things. It, it, it they didn't have the the found. There's certain programs that have to have a foundation, yep. so that everything can integrate on your computer. Vista didn't do that, uh, so it, technically it was probably worse than Windows 8. So when you were upgrading, this is recent history. Something number ten, something happened. Here's one that's more recent. When upgrading to Windows 10, so if you had Windows 7 or Windows 8, and you were upgrading to Windows 10, and you had an error. You might have encountered this helpful message. Big words across the top that said something happened. And right below it in little words, it also said something happened. That is all there is on the screen. <laughs> it did something. We're not sure what, but it no explanation of anything. It just left you hanging there with this thing and said something happened. It's a cliffhanger. And also reminded you that something had happened. Yeah, but we're not sure why. Not sure what. Kind of like the end of The Sopranos. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm something, watching right now. Something happened, but we're not sure what it was. I've always loved the theme song for The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of Great theme song. Yeah. So how far into it are you? I'm just like into episode three right now. Oh, So okay. just started. So I won't ruin Don't it. Don't give me any. I will, no. Yeah. You're going to hate the ending. Number 11. Something no, happened. No, something happened. That's good to know. Hopefully Tony isn't just sitting there and doing it. That would be not good. 
No keyboards here. You've probably seen press any key to continue messages at times. Usually they're not a problem, but what happens when Windows recognizes that you don't have a working keyboard and gives you a recommendation to fix this? And the keyboard error is keyboard not responding. Press any key to continue. I've had that before. It's hateful. Well, you can't find the any key. That's the you, thing. You, I looked all over on there. I do not find an any key anywhere on the board. <laughs> all right. That was a Homer Simpson thing. But <laughs> I, oh, yeah, yeah. Where's the any key? I don't see no any key. Yeah, that's, that was pretty good, actually. And the last one on the list, number 12, insert disk into Windows Phone. What? You did hear that correctly. Insert disk into Windows Phone. This one isn't technically a Windows error since it occurred on a Windows Phone because there was a time that Windows was actually an operating system on right. phones. But it's still pretty funny. While normal users probably wouldn't, even, wouldn't ever hit this error, those tinkering with their Windows mobile devices sometimes came across this error. Windows Phone failed to boot. Please insert your Windows installation disk. So, okay, so that just somebody was lazy and didn't cross over. I'm guessing stuff. that is true. Or are they actually talking a SIM card? No, no, it's an actual disk. So, is it yeah, so there, discs? It, I was wondering the same thing too. The big floppy disk, but you know, at the time would probably be a CD-ROM or something like that. So, it'd been funny to insert a CD-ROM into your Windows phone. Maybe at one time the phones were that big and they had a disc thing that you could put in there. I got a phone. Bag phones. All oh, those bag phones were, were great. They were actually great. They also function as a microwave. I did not. You want to cook food with them. Probably why they went from the <laughs> 3 watts to the 0.6 watt. Yeah. Because they had great range though. Oh. That was the thing about those. Signal forever. Ever. But they were a 3 watt antenna on those things. So you're right. You could make popcorn with them. I'm sure. Just saying. Maybe, maybe cook a turkey. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. So, are you an Alexa user, by the way? No. Okay. Or Google Assistant or not that either? No. Okay. No. I, I it's, My cable company's got the Google Assistant on the remote now, and I keep bumping it by mistake. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. I, I don't. I don't want your intrusiveness. So, because I don't know when they're not listening. They're always listening. I know they are, unless you turn the mics off. And yeah. on the on the and then what's the point of having it? You can go turn the mic on and say, "Listen, you know, play my favorite music, whatever," and turn the mic back off again. I mean, I can see that. Or if you have a question to ask, you can turn it on and back off. Um, but Amazon is set to supercharge Alexa with generative AI. Okay, so explain generative AI because that's a, a fairly new term. Yeah, so gen I mean, there's all kinds of because there's AI and now there's generative. Generative would be would be like writing a script for a movie. It's it's like a creative film AI. Right. Yes, yeah, it has the ability to listen to you say something to it, or or type it in or whatever, and then it has the ability to generate something from your thoughts. So you give it a task, it can generate a way to. Um, you ask it to make a reservation at your favorite favorite restaurant, and now it can generate a phone call, and then ask the reservation desk at that place to make a reservation or or do it online or however it's going to do it. Right. So th that's what it is. And by the way, that's possible. Hey Alexa, generate a Terminator. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
So Amazon's Assistant now has its own Alexa LLM. LLM is short for Large Language Module, okay, or model. Poised to improve the brains in your smart home thanks to its extensive knowledge of smart home API. Well, now they're calling them brains. Brains. So this, it's funny you picked up on that. Uh-huh. Um, so if you have an Alexa. We don't need those pesky humans. You're going to experience this new LLM pretty shortly. So this is just going to be upgraded in its firmware moving forward, a slow rollout. Uh, and what emerges could be very interesting. At the fall hardware event Wednesday, so just four days ago, the company revealed an all-new Alexa voice assistant powered by its new Alexa large language model. The new Alexa can understand conversational phrases and respond appropriately. So it's not going to be this like chopped up uh, whatever now. It's going to be conversational with you. You will be able to have conversations with Alexa. Wait, wait, wait till she goes, what you talking about, Will? <laughs> That's going to happen. It will also complete multiple requests from one command. So you can ask it to make a reservation and and take out the garbage, I guess. Well, because it was pretty linear before. You had to do one, request one, 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 one. Now you can go... You can, say a phrase and have multiple that's correct quests in a yeah. phrase yeah yeah exactly that 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 actually from a the module perspective that is a big advancement yeah oh yeah huge exam or huge advancement let's see here so but this is interesting generative ai has looked like their best shot at survival for a while when it's talking about these voice assistants because they have they came out just like crazy right and i've been using them for a couple of years, quite a few years myself. Love them. I mean, I love the fact that I can just say whatever in it. But I've run into this scenario where if you wanted to do a couple things, like you said, multitasking type of stuff, that you had to like go down a list to make things happen. Um, so I think that's going to be a big deal. And, and I think it's really going to bring more people to using these devices in, in new and imaginative ways. Alexa, can you dust my house? I hate dusting. So, yes. And, you know, I have Astro. Astro can dust. Well, I don't know if Astro can dust, but Astro can do some things. And and the thing with Astro, by the way, so Astro, by the way, is a small robot that we have rolling around our office right now uh, and does some things. Like I can say, Astro, take a selfie, which is my favorite feature, right? And then to tell us the, the uh, what you would call it, you know, it, it goes from like two feet to six feet. Yeah, the telescope goes around. Yeah, and then it takes the takes pictures with the camera and things like that. Um, but you're getting a bigger one at some point. I have a yes. You're right. We're gonna get the. We had that guest on. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, bigger one. He's gonna. He's he actually wants to send one to us. He wants to send one to us before CES, by the way, because he wants us to experience it so we can talk about it uh, with whoever we're at, talking to at CES. Well, and and we're gonna, by the way, we're gonna have it do interviews. Yes. I hope to go. Yeah, that'd be great if you could. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is really a big deal. And I think Google, of course, is going to follow pretty closely with this because they're going to see the success of Alexa with this new LLM. And I think Google, although Google is pretty good. Actually, I think Google's better at conversational than what Alexa is right now because it just continues to slowly improve. Alexa has been kind of stuck for a little while. Actually, my talk to text, I use that a lot on my phone. That took a half yes. a step out yeah. not yeah. long ago. It it got a little cumbersome. 
not sure why they there was a soft grade were upgrade and his stuff didn't work the same after that yeah yep so i you know take a look or uh be ready for that if you're an alexa owner and there'll be a lot of new um things coming about and you know here's here's one example it says say alexa or alexa make this room feel like the seahawk colors so if you're a Seahawks fan and you have if you have a smart house, yeah, yeah. a smart house, and and it can change the color of the light bulbs, so people can show up and you can have a Green Bay Packers or a Minnesota Vikings lighting scheme in your house and things like that. I mean, those are cool things that you could do because it will understand, uh, and that's what it's talking about. Uh, it'll understand what you're asking now, where before you would have to say make you know make one green ball or one light bulb green, another one white for for Green Bay Packers. Fan. Well, you could do that for game day at your house. So you, you take a, and, and there's some companies that are doing it uh, locally as well, but you can put up permanent Christmas lights. Yeah. Well, now they're seasonal lights because you're going to have the red and green for Christmas and the red, white, and blue for, because it, they're just putting up the LEDs. Right. But yeah, you, you connect that to your Lexus. It's like, hey, 4th of July is next week. That's right. That's exactly right. Light up the house. And uh, because it's generative AI, it will understand the color scheme that you're asking for. So there's a lot of cool things that will be happening because you're able to do these things. Just thinking out loud, I guess. So um, Tesla. Have you seen this? Did we talk about this yet? The $25,000 Tesla? No, I, I heard Elon was talking about getting affordable. So he's starting up a gigaplit. Gigaplit. Gigaplit factory here and somewhere in Asia, I believe. And it is going to produce these $25,000 cars and robot taxis. Robot taxis? Robot taxis. So that'll be interesting to see as well, I think. So, um, so yeah, so you have the, the Gigabit factory, the $25,000 car. And I think this is going to change. And, I wanted to talk to you about this, Steve. Actually, I was watching. I watched the the documentary, whatever you want to call it, the the death of the electric vehicle. Have you ever watched this? No, I haven't. I've heard about it though. Yeah, I can't believe I've actually watched something you haven't watched. Really? So I watched this a couple of nights ago on iFi. And of course, this was this was done before Tesla brought out their electric car. So it's interesting taking a look at the industry before, and it was. I just think it was interesting watching those cars get crushed and off the market. And then all of a sudden, here comes Tesla uh, seeing that there was a demand for electric vehicles and, you know, pushing that forward. But anyway, um, so what was getting crushed? These electric cars. They just they just they were they were all leased. Nobody was able to buy one. So they who made them? General Motors did. Okay. Yeah. The EV one. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Uh, but the twenty five thousand dollar car is going to be interesting. And it brought up an interesting fact about do the cars actually have to have 300 mile range? If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to September 23rd, 2023 on the National Day Calendar. Today, we're diving into the delicious world of comfort food and convenient snacks. 
There's something undeniably comforting about a warm pot pie straight out of the oven. The golden crust, the mm. steam rising as you break into it, and the delicious mix of meat and veggies and a delicious creamy sauce. It's uh, baked in a crispy pastry crust. Baked in a, okay, got it. Baked in a flaky bacon bag. Pastry it's a meal that's been beloved for generations, bringing warmth to chilly evenings and smiles to dinner tables worldwide. On National Great American Popeye Day, we celebrate this classic dish that has been filling our bellies and warming our hearts for years. You know, this is like my favorite food, Latoya. Is it? I love Popeyes. Me too, chicken Popeyes. Yeah, me too. I love chicken pot pies. I eat this chicken pot pie five times a week. Switching from the comfort of our homes to the hustle and bustle of everyday life, we've all had moments where we just needed a quick bite. Enter the snack stick. For over 60 years, Clemens has been making moments better by making sausage the right way. Clemens makes a wide variety of sausage products, including snack sticks, summer sausage, fully cooked sausage, and more. A convenient, flavorful treat, perfect for on-the-go munching. Whether it's a meaty jerky stick or a veggie-based option, these portable snacks have become a favorite for many, especially during road trips or busy work days. On National Snack Stick Day, it's time to appreciate these little sticks of joy that keep our energy up and hunger at bay. Okay, so I never knew snack sticks was any type of snack in the shape of a stick. <laughs> never knew that. So I would like the churros at the Mexican places work for snack sticks as well as jerky or I think anything in the shape of a stick, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's actually really cool. Never knew. I'm going to grab a snack stick really quick. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> I'm Latoya Johnson. I'm Marlo Anderson. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate every day on Destination Celebration. Until next time, keep celebrating. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale. Watch out for ticks on your dog. Next. Your dog loves going to the dog park and seeing his buddies. Maybe sometimes when you travel, he gets to hang out with friends at his favorite boarding facility. Social dogs like yours need more protection than most. By pairing Bordetella Protection, also known as Kennel Cough, with immunity against canine influenza, we can help ensure these dogs stay healthy. Merck Animal Health wants you to talk with your veterinarian about pairing up for protection with vaccines for your dog for kennel cough and the canine influenza virus. Don't wait. Vaccinate. Dr. Rick Marinson, president of the Companion Animal Parasite Council, says even the best protection against ticks isn't perfect. While we can go with medications that will help reduce the number of ticks and the amount of time that they spend on your pet, ticks typically still have to bite the animal in order to get a hold of the medication and die. Also ask your veterinarian about the vaccine for Lyme. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Dale. Sunday, the Broncos battled the Dolphins in Miami with Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Susie Warchin. He's got Mims. Mims is there. He's at the 15 10. Touchdown, Denver. 60 yard strike. On the KOA Broncos Radio Network. Super Talk 1270 is your ticket for the action this season. The Denver Broncos play here. Super Talk 1270. XX AM Mandan Bismarck 
a Town Square media station. Broadcasting from the VIEW Community Credit Union Studio. The latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packard. Many areas of the country starting fall today with extremely wet weather. Strong winds, heavy rain, and coastal flooding from tropical storm Ophelia making its way up the eastern seaboard today. ABC's Victor Akendo is on Wrightsville Beach in North Carolina. Coastal flooding is a major concern with Ophelia pushing ocean water ashore. Tornadoes are possible, and with those strong winds, power outages are climbing. Swells generated by Ophelia will likely lead to life-threatening surf and rip current conditions all along the coast as Ophelia has its sights set on the northeast. Another type of water problem in Louisiana. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards says salt water is beginning to intrude further up the Mississippi River. This is all a result of water levels dropping over the summer, allowing salt water to flow in. We're also casting a wide net. Uh, looking for people who, who have experience uh, in these sorts of emergencies. The Army Corps of Engineers is working on the problem. The mayor of New Orleans signed an emergency declaration Friday. That city could begin to see its drinking water supply affected at some point next month if this intrusion continues. Brian Clark, ABC News. UAW workers say they're trying to save the middle class. The union strike now expanding to more locations. These workers in North Carolina and Minnesota joined picket lines Friday. We deserve better for record profits equals record contract. President, the UAW, called our locals to stand up and strike. UAW President Sean Fain says the strike is expanding to 38 locations because Delantis and General Motors rejected cost of living increases, but he says they're making progress on talks with Ford. Meanwhile, President Biden says he'll join striking workers on the picket line Tuesday. Back in 2016, NASA's Osiris probe gathered a piece of a speeding asteroid. Tomorrow morning, a capsule to return to Earth containing that fragment. It's set to land at a U.S. Army facility near Salt Lake City. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. Heavy rain with scattered thunderstorms likely today, tonight, into tomorrow. We could get a half inch to an inch of rain or more by the time it all winds down late tonight into tomorrow morning. Today's high 66, 55 tonight, showers ending, gradual clearing 70 tomorrow. Do you need help with back taxes? Try Tax Solutions now. They can help with all of your IRS problems. 800 281 8193. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable. Currently, it is 60. Hey, everyone. This is Robert Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Mary and me and Rudy every Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel, talk with the newsmakers, share compelling experiences, and explore the world together during the fastest two hours in travel. It's in our DNA to travel. The world of travel is so entwined in our daily lives. It's an economic engine, and that's why we do everything we can to bring you a diverse show that's different than anything you'll see here or find anywhere else. So join us on RM World Travel or engage us anytime at rmworldtravel.com. Your home for high school sports. Super Talk 1270. Listen to the games anywhere with the free Super Talk 1270 app. Download today in the App Store or Google Play. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. 300 mile range on a car seems to be, for electric cars, seems to be the thing, right? 
It's actually probably a little high. Well, it is. It's 50-ish. This is kind of the goal. 300 miles for charges and that type of thing. I wonder if there is... And this is what got me thinking about this, was this movie, Who Killed the Electric Car? Those cars only got 70 to 80 miles of charge. They have these unique charges that plugged into the car. This is in the late 90s. GM made the EV1, and uh, it was an experimental type of thing because California was mandating electric cars at that time, believe it or not. But we, we've talked about this, though, because can you get the price point down to where it makes sense to have well, a that's what vehicle because you're just using it to go to work? And I think for a lot of people, if, if you could buy an electric car, let's say for $20,000 that had a range of 80 miles, for example, you wouldn't need to have this huge battery pack. The car could be significantly lighter, which would mean that the the battery that you have in there would actually take you further because there's less weight to push around on top of it. Uh, I just wonder if an 80-mile vehicle would make a lot of sense for a lot of people. I, I know a ton of people around here that would probably buy one for twenty grand just to zip around town. 40-mile range? Why not? Need. Why not? And then you go home at night, and the thing is, is because it's not this huge, heavy battery, you could then plug it in, and it could charge up overnight. Right, right. now, if you charge one that's got a 300-mile range or a 250-mile range to it, it takes a week a week to charge that thing if you just plug it into your you 110. just plug it into the 110 yeah yeah so but, but yeah and that brings up a great point is look at the extra infrastructure you have to have to have an electric vehicle so you need the charger okay well i need a full charge because i commute a little bit further and i need a a, a full fast charger okay that's extra cost it's it, it gets expensive it adds up in a hurry really but, really quick yes you know in the vision for electric vehicles originally was well you should be able to plug it into your garage when you get home yeah that that was the original vision and then it's like wait a minute that doesn't work well not if you need to have it charged overnight right or in an hour or a half hour right it's kind of like charging in my cell phone because i can use the regular charger that came with the phone, the, the speed charger, or if I use a different cord, then eh, it'll hold the charge, but it won't really charge it. Right. So that that's kind of where electric vehicles are. So I I just wonder if the vision, the overall vision for electric cars is wrong. I think it should be a situation for around town travel. Right taking the kids to school, going to get your groceries, whatever, your everyday stuff. Remember just, those little smart cars? Yes. The, the, the That's exactly right. Fred Flintstone. What do you mean? If I remember them, I see them zipping around the road. They're yeah, a big deal all the time. Actually, over by my brother-in-law's house, uh, <laughs> there's people that have four of them in oh the my driveway. Goodness. And they all fit in the driveway. That's <laughs> hilarious. Crazy. But this is the point that we're kind of getting at here, right? Um, what do you need? You look at L.A. and and and... You know, California back in the 90s is already mandating electric vehicles because they think it's going to clean up the smog. Well, okay, let's make cars that go 80 miles. Then you can plug them in, charge them overnight. You don't need to have all these charging stations all over the place. It cleans up the air in the urban areas. But if you need to go long distance, you still have. So you know how this works, getting stuck in traffic with an electric vehicle, and then the panic sets in because you're going to lose your charge, which you've got left of it. So, but, but, hey, when it's 75 degrees all the time, you can have your windows down. You right. Powering 
air conditioning or But think of this. So if you're doing those smaller cars, those smaller vehicles, you know, a lot of congestion is because of all the vehicles on yeah, the roadways. Correct. Well, that smaller car, hey, instead of that six lane road, we were able to carve out an eight lane road. You could add lanes because you don't need the width of a lane because of that smaller footprint for that vehicle. Well, it's so you're going to yeah, you're going to alleviate shorter. You're going to alleviate congestion. If you can get a hundred cars in, in, I don't know what the number is. Maybe you get two hundred cars in a mile, right? That's sitting there. Well, if the cars are shorter, you can get three hundred cars in that same space. And there's just all kinds of possibilities here. You know, like the smart cars, like they can get four in the driveway, right? Where you and I can get two. Um, I just wonder if the thinking on electric vehicles is backwards. It's kind of like delivery of drones or using drones for delivery of food. And we'll get into that another time. Well, you and I have had this conversation on should it be electric vehicles or should it be a hybrid? I, I'm a big fan that so hybrids make sense. Hybrids make way more sense. Yeah. Because now you've got that flexibility, you've got that, you know, I consider it a safety factor. I mean, if if you're in North Dakota in the middle of winter and you run out of charge and you don't have a charging station, you theoretically, quite possibly, could freeze to death. Um, but with a hybrid vehicle, okay, well, the electric's done, so I'm running on the engine. Yep. So that makes sense to me, especially with, you know, too hot a climate or too cold a climate. The hybrid makes way more course, sense. And from course. an efficiency perspective, it makes more sense. Well, and I think the other thing, like if you had a car that goes 70 or 80 miles and you can plug it in, you can actually take advantage and the electric companies can take advantage of off-peak. Off-peak. Where when you're traveling, you're basically on peak. It's during the day and all of a sudden you're charging a car that needs 50 kilowatt hours, 80 kilowatt hours, and you need it in 30 minutes, right? So it's got to be this fast charge type of thing. And you have a bank of 40 or 60 cars in that same parking lot doing the same thing. The requirements of electricity to that space is immense. During a peak time. time. And during a peak time. If you're able to, again, and and most of these people driving electric cars are not driving them across country. Well, think about, uh, so everybody takes a vacation in the summer, winter, and summer vacations, a lot of people drive. Great example, the the family from Canada that was taking the electric vehicle and finally went, screw this, we'll never get there, went and bought a car. Right. It just wasn't practical. Well, and I see, I see if you, if you're in that space where 60, 80 miles on a charge is good enough for you, right. 70, 80 miles. If you're taking a trip, there are car rental places. Just go rent a car for the longer trip you're going to take. I guarantee you, if you did this scenario, you'd save a ton of money. You'd be doing what you think is a good thing for the environment, maybe cleaning up the smog. Well, maybe not the mining side of the environment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we won't get into that stuff. But at least the smog element, like in L.A., I mean, that could just go a long ways to to getting rid of that, which I think is what people are trying to do in these bigger cities because they can see what they're creating with combustion engines is this smog that just sits there forever. Um, so I understand why they want to move to electric vehicles as they feel it's cleaner because they see what the other one is doing. They don't understand the rest of it, but they can see what's in front of them, you know. So um, I would actually su- I would actually support a short 
You know, and even like the four wheelers, you see those with zipping around our town all the time now. All these the side by side, yeah. side by sides. I mean, I'm surprised that there aren't electric ones of those that I see more often. I'm I'm assuming somebody's making some electric ones. Yeah, there are. I, I've, and, I've driven one. And again, that makes a lot of sense. And if those are street legal in your town, and you have a small town, and you can charge those things up overnight, and and then get another sixty or eighty miles out of those, that that to me makes just a ton of sense on those type of things. So anyway. Okay, so that smaller vehicle footprint just for that little commuter space, that that's where it makes the sense. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, so we have the bird scooters there's, or the lime scooters, there, the, a lot of those. There's a lot of people that use those in urban settings because it's easier to get around Absolutely. and it's just a little electric charged scooter yeah. that goes from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, if you're at a business meeting at an office downtown and you need to be... 12 blocks over there for your lunch meeting, then great. You know, trying to move your car through rush hour traffic, getting into the lunch hour, it's a logistical nightmare in an urban setting. It's not going to happen. So you're going to call a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft. And well, now you're still dealing with the congestion. You're going to hop in a little scooter right down the road. Yep. You're there for your business lunch. And, uh, you know, if it's a two martini business lunch, you may want to drive this scooter back, but you just leave it there. So that makes sense. So now extrapolate that out to, okay, I need to haul some stuff with me or somebody needs to come with me because you're not going to stick two people in one of the little, like I've seen people try, it doesn't work very well, but from a logistical, just quick, short commutes, absolutely. It yep. makes sense. Yep. So anyway, it's just my take on it. And I just, I, I, Started to, because I have, I'm not against electric cars. I just know what it takes to make an electric car because I've looked into this stuff as you. And to charge an electric car. <laughs> electric car has been a nightmare for me. Uh, but if I had a scenario where I could have just plugged it in overnight someplace, like in a regular outlet, because these cars that I'm trying to charge up all the time, that's not possible. You have to have these special adapters to plug them in, you know. And, uh, and if you don't, then it takes a week to charge them up. And size matters. In that scenario, it does. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the battery, you know, how big a battery do you need? And I just think even like, like a Hertz or an Avis or whatever, if they had cars that went 60 or 80 miles on a charge and these people could plug them in overnight. I mean, most people renting a car in an urban setting are not driving 200 miles in a day. No. They're driving around town going from, a casino, I'm speaking on Vegas, but to from a casino to a show, you know, nobody's putting 80 miles on a day if you're driving around Las Vegas. Just saying. So these kind of cars would make a lot of sense to me. I, I, I just don't understand how we got to this space with these cars where they're trying to get these things to 300 miles. So my question that, well, it's it's the bigger trips and, and it, they're trying to pigeonhole it into forcing rural states down that road I, and that that's the range that's the range part because you know for you or i to travel halfway across the state that's 200 miles well an electric car for you and i traveling outside of the bismarck mandan area makes absolutely no sense none none whatsoever but in town i do that all day long and i would too yeah yeah so I just think that it would it just makes some sense and maybe you and i should start making cars that travel 80 miles or my neighbor who has an electric skateboard, and he does like 45, 50 miles an hour on that thing. There you go. I wonder how many AAA batteries we'd have to put in a car to make it go 80 miles. Rechargeables. Ever see that Mercedes commercial on SNL? 
It was a triple A Mercedes bottle. I know. Yeah. So hilarious. It was so hilarious to watch all those batteries fall out of the car. It was a great, great skit. The Tech Ranch. Fall. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Hello, Steve. Hello, Marlo. Mr. Anderson. So, the... I use that word so when I'm thinking, right? You do. It, it, it's your drag <laughs> word. Well, attempt to stop well, using so. It, it's better than when people go, um, yeah, um, um but, but so is your, um, it is, it is. I don't it's not better I, than, um, I don't know how I picked that habit up though. Someone around me uses it a lot, I think. And I just somehow or another picked it up anyway. I wonder who that is. Oh, I can tell you. <laughs> Could you? But you'd have to kill me. Well, or I, they would kill or I, me. One of those scenarios will happen. The um, AI. I? Have I told you what I've been doing? I'm not sure I want to know what you've been doing. It's incredible. Well, you do have your fingers in a lot of things. But AI is really kind of incredible. So, so here we go. Yeah, so, uh, all right, here's my question. Yeah. So, has AI taken things off your plate or because you're able to do more multitasking has AI put more things on your plate put more things on my plate but things that I've been wanting to get to for such a long period of time just having that time and I just well it's it's a matter of two things I'm building apps with AI like apps you put on your Google phone or Android phone or your Apple phone and where's the best pizza anywhere I go? It's incredible what I've been accomplishing with these things. And it's not just apps, by the way, it's other tools that I have an idea for, and I need to use this in WordPress, for example, or I need to create a form and it'll create the plugin for me. So or, next time we do app wars, it might be some of your app wars. It could be. Could be. I, I have five separate apps being developed right now. Five. And it takes it from what I'm saying, when I say okay, it takes it from that to I have to I have to sync the AI to like Google Cloud Platform or whatever. I mean, there's some things that you have to do. It's not like you can just say magically make this app and it'll it'll do that. Where does it take you when you say so? That's a great question. I should make an app called so. <laughs> how how do I so? so? Maybe I can have my watch get so a needle pulling thread. <laughs> The, uh, this is what I think about this though. The, I have an app that I had in my head for a long time, four or five, six years, right? I would have forgot it. And I would have two actually, but I, I do actually have a sheet of to do things of, of ideas. And I was going through that shoebox full of cocktail napkins and I yeah. kind of, and I was going through that list here, uh, while I was out in Washington and I had a little time to burn. I'm just like, click. I have time. I'm going to clean off some of these things, right? And I seen that list, and, I, and it got me thinking: Am I able to use artificial intelligence to get me through these things? And the one app I had on there, I actually had a uh, an estimate to get it built out, and it was about a quarter of a million dollars to do this. So it was like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Am I am I going to risk two hundred fifty thousand dollars to find out if it's a good idea? And maybe not on this one, right? So it just gets shelved. So I took that and I started to play with artificial intelligence and I asked it to see if it could do this, 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 and this, and what kind of questions you would have for me to make this happen. And I started, you know, I worked on this for about an hour 
And lo and behold, it starts to build the app. And wow, I go in occasionally, ask it how it's doing. It's building it right now. I mean, it actually gave me an estimate that it haven't done in two weeks. You just think that set it and forget it. You, but you would think that because it's artificial intelligence that whiz bang, I'd have it in two minutes, right? Because you're so used to adding right. on Alexa and you get an answer back right away. But it's amazing. It has to build things out. It has to build up machine learning and it has to do this. And it, you know, I have it's it, so to date, it, it's th- this app is built out a large language model, like what we were just talking about with the Alexa. I have my own now. For this app, you'll sit in two days. Speak foreign languages? It'll handle 40 different languages already. Including Klingon? Um, Swahili, I think, is in the list. It's close to Klingon? Yeah. So I'm just saying, maybe I can add Klingon in the future. Yeah. You know, I'll, 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 when the app is done, I will tell everybody what it is and they can even go beta test it. And that's the other thing, right? I ask you what it's doing. And uh, I can go in on my phone right now and ask it where it's at, and it will tell us that it's recruiting beta testers. The AI is recruiting beta testers to try it out right now. Wow. Is that insane or what? And it'll, it'll get feedback from, from the beta testers to fine-tune the app. How long before your AI goes, I'm working, leave me alone? It kind of feels like I bug it too much sometimes already. Because <laughs> at the end, I've noticed now the last couple of times, because I'm, I'm getting I, testy. I, I, I've noticed that it actually, because um, I'll ask it like three or four times a day, what's the progress of the app? Because I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this is going. I want to see the progress and stuff. It'd be further along if you stopped bugging me. That's kind of how I <laughs> At the very end of the last couple of times, it, it has said, I'm excited to be working on this project with you. Leave and, me alone. And, and uh, <laughs> Don't you have something to do? And I expect that this will have great, you know, be a great app and blah, blah, blah. So it's starting to end with those now. And I'm just like, oh, this is probably its kind way of telling me to kiss off. Please leave me alone until I get it done. Because this takes away computing time from me to answer your questions, you know. So it's like a real person again, right? But will it have a EULA? Yes, it will have a EULA. It's created in EULA. Which kind of I should put some fun things in there. Put some fun things in there. That's here. hilarious. I am going to do that. Some things in there. So yeah, the the thing that I really find interesting about this though, okay, so it's gonna cost me a quarter of a million dollars to to take a chance to see if this app will work, right? Now, I, you know, setting up the GCP and stuff, I might have fifty or hundred bucks into this thing and an hour of my time. Hour and a half. After, because I keep bugging it all the time, maybe three or four, right? Right. Because I just keep, I'm just anxious to see how it's doing. And, but a watch pot, Marlo. So you could make the argument that maybe there's a lot of people that could have, yeah, exactly. Uh, that a lot of people didn't get to work on this project and, and incomes were lost because of that. I will tell you, I would have never done it for a quarter of a million dollars. Okay. So, that to me is off the table. And now I'm able to make this app. And if the app is successful, I'm going to have to hire people to manage the app. So one person, three people, if the thing catches on and I have 10,000 subscribers to this app moving forward or whatever, I may have to employ 50 or hundred people to keep up with the growth of the app. So that brings up a great point though, is so how many how many great ideas are out there? How much innovation is out there that 
just gets left on that cocktail napkin because people don't have the finances or the wherewithal or the spare time that, well, now you do. Now, now you have that opportunity, that avenue to go, hey, this could be the next greatest thing since sliced bread. This is the ding, ding, ding moment for you. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about this. To me, artificial intelligence is going to allow a rise in small business like we've never seen before. And why not? You have these ideas on napkins and you go out and you, 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 you do the cost analysis on this and you're like, I don't have $300,000. I don't have a way to get $300,000 to make this. So, and even if I did, is it worth the risk? Well, if it costs $3,000 total to make it, you could say, okay, I'll take the chance on this, let the AI build it out. And if it becomes something, I'm going to work at it and make it something. But then I don't have, I'm not, I didn't put my house on risk to make this happen because I've put a, you know, borrowed against it or whatever, right? See, my problem is uh, I usually keep all those little cocktail naps because they get the ideas when I'm driving. And then my wife would be in the car with me and blow her nose. No. Yeah, it's like, that was a million dollar idea. Yeah, you need to stop having to do that. I'm just telling you. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Ranch, where technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. I'm asking, we're talking about using artificial intelligence to do things for you, to build apps, maybe businesses that... Generative AI. Yes. So I'm out asking, I'm actually in my AI right now, and I'm asking it to give me a detailed outline on what you've accomplished so far with the build of this blah, blah, blah app. Remember about six months ago when we were sitting there talking about uh, chat GPT? Yes. And our questions were, hey, what's the meaning of life? We were asking some dumb stuff. We were. It, it, but look where that's come and how quickly. And now, okay, what's the meaning of life to, hey, I'm building this app that could be life-changing for some people and, <laughs> and so, creating a business. So I can't, I can't tell you what the app is. I, I, I'm so anxious to tell you what this is, but I don't have all the protections in place to have talk about this publicly yet, right? Marlo and I usually talk during the breaks, and he hasn't even told me during the break. I haven't told you this yet, yeah, right. But I ask it to give me what it's accomplished so far with the build of this app, right? And your response was, damn it, leave me alone, I said. This is three days, Steve. Three days. It has implemented the core features of the app, including the ability to record, transcribe, edit, and highlight lectures. I'm going to give you some clues now. Okay, don't do that. Integrated Google Play billing for subscriptions. Tested the app thoroughly to ensure that it is reliable and user-friendly. Fixed any bugs that I have found. Additional Added additional functions and features, such as the ability to export transcripts to different formats and to share transcripts with others. I'm currently in the process of preparing the app for beta testing. I plan to release the beta version of the app to a small group of users in the next few weeks to get feedback and make any necessary changes. Once I'm satisfied with the beta version, I will release the app to the public. So it just took you out of the loop. I don't even have to recruit beta testers. Well, no, I bet, but as far as you don't get to pick your own release date or... So, of course I do. Oh, uh, it said it was going to release. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it releasing it to the public when it when we're already to be ready. And I can, and I can go back in and say, all right, I want it to be released on a particular day because it's a particular national day. You know, now, does it set up? Does it set up the 
monetizing it. Yes. App. Yes. So exactly what it, I, I ask it to do. It, it'll put it on app stores and yes. Yep. I already have, and I've built the integration into this already. I, I set up the accounts. I gave it, you know, you have to give it a username and a, and a key and a EULA and it, yeah. <laughs> and it has to agree to that stuff. Right. I mean, this thing has to agree to those EULAs too, as I'm setting these things up, but I give it permission to go ahead and make those changes, set up a, a, a bucket, set up, uh, you know, the, how we're going to be paying, having people pay for this and all of this. So I've given it permission to do all of those things within my account with Google, for example. Right. And it's just doing it. It's incredible. And I couldn't be more excited to share with you what this app is going to do. And this is, this is actually one of five apps I have developing right now. And this is the least exciting of the five that I am developing. The other ones are off the hook exciting in my opinion. And I, and it's working on all five of them right now. It's like I have a team of 200 people building these things out and I don't have a hundred dollars into this yet. So are you utilizing one AI or are you utilizing five AIs? It's one AI uh, doing five different things. Five different tasks. I opened up a different task for each one of these. So it's like opening up different windows. Yeah. And then I, then I uh, National Day Calendar, for example, we needed an API for something. Uh, and instead of, uh, you know, because our team is so busy with the move of the to the new website and stuff, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother with that. So I ask, I ask the AI if it could build out an, a, an API for me and ask what it needed and boom, 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 this is what I need. And I asked it yesterday at four and I had it this morning. Wow. That are, you, are you kidding me? That would have taken how long? I don't know. And how many people? A lot. And how much expense? Um, a lot. Oh yeah. To yeah. build it. Yeah. 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 Well, just having a team. Yeah. And the time a team would take, yeah. it's billable hours. And, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. We have 1,600 national days. We'd had to manually put all of that stuff into an API. That would have taken some time and, you know, and all this stuff. It went out and did all this for me, and I had it this morning. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's amazing. Yeah. I had some help from Chris. Chris had a little bit of a start for me. He had a spreadsheet of a lot of the national days on there, but I had it check against the website and all. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's just incredible. Well, it's complicated. And I found that out when I was filling in for you for a few national days that, uh, you know, some of the days float. They, well, yeah. That's, but you've got no. dedicated days. You've got floating days that are specific to a day of the week or specific to a certain date. Uh, so, so you've got a bunch of different parameters. It's a bunch. And some of them don't even have a standard. I mean, some of them are just like, like National Hot Dog Day up until this year was just in the month of July. And we had to wait for... Wait for the, believe it or not, the hot dog and sausage coalition to make up their mind on what day they were going to have it. So we don't, we couldn't even publish it on a printed calendar because we had to wait until June for them to come out with what the day was going to be in July. You know, it was it was a ridiculous scenario, but they've changed their mind on that. Yeah, I was thinking hunting seasons around the corner. We should have a national venison sausage making day. Oh, there's a lot of days we shouldn't have. That the committee will never pass. Well, we talked about the the days we shouldn't have too. Yeah, that, that's an entirely new calendar. It could be a whole time. That's a whole other calendar. That was a bad idea. That's yeah. not a day. <laughs> it's but that's another. I want to see that calendar. Yeah, everybody wants to see that calendar. Hey, I can make that calendar. Yeah, we could very quickly, very easily. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the uh, not top ten 
with, with Sports Center. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. But I get you know the thing I want to really iterate here, I guess, is the fact that if you have a business idea, especially in the world of tech, you should really look at how you could leverage uh, artificial intelligence to move your idea forward, and it's relatively inexpensive. It's basically just your time to build some of this stuff out. So let's walk us through that process a little bit. So somebody who's maybe not the most tech savvy, because you don't have to be now. That's that's the key to this. Yeah, and, and, and you're right, because it, it will, even if it sounds like it's a really big thing to do, you can just say, it, it'll say something like, open up a GCP. Well, what's a GP, GCP? I mean, you can just ask it, and they'll say, what's a Google Cloud platform? Okay, how do I open that up? And then what's bang, Google Cloud? bang, it'll give you a set of instructions on how to create a, a GCP, right? And then, and then it'll say, I, now I need permission to have access to that. Well, how do I give you permission? Right. You can ask the question back of the AI and it's not like you're going to hurt somebody's feelings because you don't know the AI doesn't feel you have to understand this. This isn't like a person on the other side that you're going to, that's thinking, oh, you, you know, you're, you're too dumb to be doing this. What a dumb, there's nobody judging you here. Nobody judging you. You can ask the questions that you need to make these things happen, and and that's the cool thing about it. So like, AI wouldn't judge you if you were wearing a speedo. No, on no your TV show. No, okay, because it's not seeing me yet. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through the process, though. So because you know I know where you started this, and you're our guru of geek. You're you're Marlo Anderson, our guru of geek, the tech guy. Uh, you're at CES all the time. You're seeing this technology. You're utilizing and putting your hands on this technology. Um, pretty simple for you to get started. But for somebody who is just going to go, okay, um, I got this business idea. Now what? Just ask. Yeah, just ask. Give me, give me an idea for a business or an app. What yeah. do you got for an app? Okay, so they, I'm going to track widgets that are interactive to people's lives. So a widget making. Well, that's always the business things. So. You want to you want to stop me from saying so all the time, right? And you want you want my watch to buzz every time I say the. Oh, I want it to light you up. All right, so it gives me a little electric shock Big every electric time. Shock. All right. Maybe after I say it three or four times okay. in a sentence. So it'll ramp up. The right. electric shock will ramp up. Okay. It'll just say so, so many times within a certain time frame. So I just did it again. Uh-huh. The app, then, uh, so you would go and you would ask, and that wasn't the wrong way to use the word so there right there. You would ask the app or the AI uh, the question, uh, I would like to have you build an app that when someone says the word so, that the watch will remind them to not say the word so. And then what do you need from me to make this app happen? And then it'll come with a bunch of questions to you. And by the way, the whether you like this or not, I'm not a big fan of this, but it doesn't care about really a lot about punctuation and even spelling so much. I mean, if you put like, I always put the number eight in there instead of letter I, because I hit that on the keyboard all the way. And most people are not cognizant of that anymore anyway. So it'll understand that you've made a mistake or two while you're typing this stuff out. And by the way, so I use Bard, which is the Google. I use chat GPT a lot, as you know, but I've been using Bard for this because it's Google's. And I figured that Google, if it created it's AI probably has the ability to integrate to Google products. And it's true. You can integrate it to Google products. 
and it's becoming more and more sophisticated that way. So that's what I did. And I would have got a shock right there if the app would have would have been working right now. And then you get that mean, vindictive AI that goes, and I'm going to beta test it on you. That's spiteful, hateful so AI. Go through, answer those questions, and continue to answer questions and ask questions. And it'll ask you about a certain features that you'd like. And by the way, this is a great idea. Maybe we could set it so that people who say, um, they could set it so that. Or if you say, and, or whatever it is, right? And, yeah. and that way... You know, any, any of these filler words that people use in conversations, right? You can set that up to remind you to stop saying these words every, you know, and get this buzz or get this little electric shock or whatever. And it would actually go in there and, and start to set this up and see that you need to have a language speaking algorithm that it could listen to you while you're speaking. And then it would remind you through the watch that you're doing this, right? It would set all this stuff up. And you're right. I don't know if there's an app like this in the world, and we could probably, maybe by next week, I should set this up. Should I do this? Sure. Let's do this noble experiment. And what kind of watch do you wear? You don't have a Swiss Army watch. <laughs> so I have to be the guinea pig for this as well? Yeah. We're, we're going to go with that mean, spiteful, vindictive. Actually, thing. you're going to be the guinea pig. You're going to wear my watch okay. for the next show. And, and then it's going to go, wait a minute, you're not Marlo. It doesn't matter, okay. but the watch part. It'll do, but it'll give you the vitals for you, and that'll be interesting. Why was your heart rate racing so much every time you got zapped last week? So when I walk in here and there's two 24 volt batteries in series <laughs> behind my chair, I should probably worry. You should worry. Is that that okay? I'll watch for that next week. I'm gonna build this app out. I'm serious. All right. I'm gonna build this app out, and next week we will hopefully be able to test it. It's just a language app, right? It's just going to correct. So one of the things that bugs me is when people say any ways yeah. instead of any way. Yeah, yeah. So it'll correct you yeah. for that. Or uh, people that use the word where incorrectly or there incorrectly. Or literally. Yes. So that was another one too. So there's a lot of things that you could do. If, if there's a thing that you've become accustomed to saying that you want to correct. You, you got a crutch and you want to get yeah. rid of the crutch. Yep. And this happens a lot with people on the air. I mean, I, I, I used to say and a lot and um, and I got away from doing that. And now I use the word so. I don't have, and as you brought it up to me during one of the breaks here, I'm like, How, where did I pick that up? Why? And I noticed this the other day too. I was listening back to one of our programs and I'm like, why am I saying the word so all the time? When did this become a thing? You should use the word darn. Because I need some socks fixed. Or, right. Yeah. But, but it's, it's another word for so. Yeah, exactly. The S-E-W. I'm working real hard not oh, to say so right now. <laughs> hey, but We're, you can say sphere. I can say sphere because of you. I'm excited but, to build But you won't out. need me. You can have the app help you with that. That is correct. It's like... If you mispronunciate something, mispronunciate. Z That's not a word, is it? Z mispronounce. Z yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this app now. Okay. So this will, this will be an exciting experiment on building something out using artificial intelligence that we've actually created online or on our program. Here. On air. Yep. And, and, uh, usually it's, it's usually telling me it takes a week or two to build these things out. I'll see if I can actually accelerate the pace. Uh, and maybe we can just be beta testers by this time next week. That would, I'm sure that will be realistic 
It'll probably go out and try to recruit beta testers as well. Uh, it'll be well. You could just put in the parameters that you and I will be the beta testers. Yes, we can do that. You can identify that. Right. In, in how long before AI starts asking you questions? It asks questions. Well, now. But I meant where it's thinking ahead a little bit and going, okay, I need to ask this question because this is what you're trying to do. So this is where cognitive, yeah, kinda, yeah. I, I curious. Yep. I think in medical spaces, it's going to start asking a lot of questions. The Tech Ranch Super Talk twelve seven. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. So you excited about this app? No, but I'm excited about this app. Because I said so again. You did. And you think you, you, that, you think I'm going to get shocked. I'm excited about you getting shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of figured you would be. No, but I'm, I'm going to get shocked too because one of the things I know in language, and I, I'm very into vernacular and, and language, and, and believe it or not, it, for those that do not know, the upper Midwest is considered the purest form of the English language. I did know this, and that's why data centers right. really wanted to locate up here. And, and if you go to... Well, it's amazing the number of on-air radio DJs that come from the upper Midwest. doesn't matter where you're at in the country, but um, they like that sound, that purest form of the English language. Right. Uh, when you get over to Minnesota, yeah, I'm sure you betcha. They, they're, you wind up getting that little bit of a Valley Girl, California thing going in, in Minnesota. But North Dakota, where we're from, and, and upper Minnesota, not so much. It's a pure form of the English language. One of the things I notice I do all the time is uh, one of my, it's not really a crutch, it's kind of a laziness. I don't say to, I say ta. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like down south, you say y'all. Y'all. Ta. I catch myself being lazy on, on two, and I'll say ta. I've, I've trained myself from because I did the same thing. It's twenty or twenty twenty two or or whatever twenty twenty three. I can't even say ta anymore because I actually used to say that. Yeah. And now as I'm trying to say it, it just doesn't come off the tongue at all. So, but so. you had to train yourself to not say that. Where now, the new Apple train you to not say that. Yeah. With the little positive feedback and <laughs> reinforcement. What do you want to watch to do anyway? Light you up. <laughs> I'm not sure I can actually generate a shock. Or maybe a vibration. It's, we'll go with that. Maybe you can speak or something. There you go. Well, no, because if you're on the air, then, you know, if we're doing the show, we although for purposes of the beta testing for the show, I guess that would probably be a pretty cool thing. Because you hear this woke little, up and said, what should we have it say? I don't know, but it might be doing the whole segment. <laughs> what the way we talk. You should, you should have, It'll just you, be that. You should have the right. bad word bleep for six yeah. seconds. <laughs> and then the whole segment will be nothing but these bleeps, right? You know, be- you know another one that I... Because I, a, a lot of times you're lazy in language. And right. one of the other ones, because I used to cut a lot of television uh, commercials and uh, for some TV stations. And I would cut all their copy. And hundred was a word I would get hung up on because I would get in the habit of saying hundred. Right. Hundred. Hundred isn't a word. Hundred. Hundred. Yeah, you have to enunciate the full word or it's hundred, not hundred. But those are the two that I would 
really screw up on. This is really interesting, by the way, since we're talking about artificial intelligence. There's a 2 million AI job shortfall right now. 2 million. It need, there are 2 million job openings for artificial intelligence. Okay, so we've had this conversation about is AI going to replace workforce? Is it going to eliminate it's jobs? It's just changing. changing. So what are the nature of some of those positions? Well, I would imagine, like what we're just talking about, building building apps. But the AI is going to do that. But you have to have the brain power, so to speak, or know how to ask the questions and go through it to, to do those things, right? Um, there are many... Yes, I was thinking of the same thing. <laughs> now um, we're going to be so self-conscious about this. We won't do it. Many filler words. <laughs> and I'm going to just get zapped. All of them. For the whole program next week. Tune in as Mar Marlo Anderson. <laughs> you know, it could be a license. Now with curly hair. Yeah, now with curly hair. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> the spoke rising out of his ears. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, it'll be fun. But yeah, there's 2 million jobs uh, in 2023 right now. And generational AI forecasted to generate 4.4 trillion in economic value. That's trillion. a trillion. That's an insane number. Okay, we have gotten... Because what pops into my head is six months. Before? It, it, it's been six months. Since oh, yeah, yeah. Chad GPT came out. Well, the end of the year or the beginning of the yeah. year. So, so it was just to nine months. In, in two months. Well, but it really didn't get rolled out until March. -ish. Yeah, I mean, people were. But they were aware of it, but it wasn't here it is in the public's hands. It was the last week of December of 2022. And in that week, in fact, in six days, it got it will live in infamy. a million users. It was the fastest thing ever right. to get to a million users. In two months, it was at 100 million users. The fastest thing ever to have 100 million users. How many now? I don't know the number to that. It is significant, though. And it's 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 impacting all of uh, search results. I mean, like Google's search is down for the first time ever because more and more people are just using AI to get answers and things like that. So have you noticed when... So you Google something or... Yeah. Actually, it just popped up uh, the program we use for the program here. Um, and when I started, there was a little kerfuffle on. I was trying to save something before it was too, you know, before it was ready because I was thinking. And now the message that came up was, oh, there's an error. Oh, no, it's a blankety blank AI. Oh, yeah. Where the message is coming from. Yeah. Everything is. Google AI. I, I've noticed that on my phone. It's a Google AI. This AI. This, I, I, it, my guess is that yeah. they're not happy about doing that, but because, but they're all AI. But because of competition, they don't have any choice, right? Because I the one thing that I think they haven't really figured out yet is monetization of artificial intelligence, other than subscriptions, right? Because you can't. How do you put an ad next to that? I'm sure they're going to figure that out. Uh, but right now, you know, when you go and you Google something, there are ads that show up. There are suggested listings that are paid listings. I mean, all this stuff is going on. Artificial intelligence doesn't have that going on with it yet. But they're going to have to monetize it somehow or another. And there are other ways to monetize, of course, with work and all of that good stuff. 
This is interesting, by the way. Are you familiar with inverse vaccines? No. It's too bad that we're about out of time for the day. This is so significant in the world of uh, diabetes, um, autoimmune disease, uh, diseases, so muscular dystrophy or muscular sclerosis, I mean, um, and like I said, diabetes, and there's a, a rheumatoid arthritis would fall into that space. Because of artificial intelligence, they have created these inverse vaccines that you can even take if you already are suffering from the disease and it will rewrite your autoimmune um, DNA in your body. Oh, now that's scary. It's kind of scary, but if, you, if you're suffering from multiple sclerosis and you can take a shot and you're, you're basically cured of this. Or you, you think about uh, a Down syndrome or, or a genetic um, that a child would be born with. And, and you can go well, that, in. But that and, chromosome thing. Right. But how long before we're at that level? Well, it's interesting. It's not far it, away. We're starting to approach these times. We are. Things, you know? So I understand the scariness of this. But if you're suffering from, from that disease, it just it's life-changing for you. So... Uh, we'll talk more about that next week, too. Inverse vaccines. You need to go check this out if a family member is suffering from immune, um, autoimmune disease things. So thanks for joining us, everybody. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270.